just kind of fun. Well, it is a, it is a continuation of good news. Uh, we, we talked about the high schoolers just now, uh, but we've got to get them through elementary school first before they get there. So this morning, uh, we are going to honor one of our elementary school leaders, someone who has dedicated herself to help him uh, with our young people in elementary school. This proclamation, of course, requested by me, Dale Holness, the Broward County Commissioner, and it reads, whereas Nicole G. Gray is a native of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the daughter of Robert and Virginia Gray, and whereas she attended Dillard Elementary, Ramblehood Middle, and in 1995, graduated from Dillard High School. Ms. Gray is a faithful member of Mount Olive Baptist, Baptist Church, and whereas Ms. Gray attended Tallahassee Community College and returned to Broward County, where she began her career as a power professional at Castle Hill Elementary Annex under the leadership of Mr. Clayton Jenkins. And whereas, while at Castle Hill, Ms. Gray assisted as needed in any capacity to ensure that students' educational needs were met. She loved her job and discovered her love for children. And whereas in 1998, she accepted a position as community liaison at Dillard Elementary School and later the position of educational support professional. These positions allowed her to get to know the students and their families while attending to their immediate and sensitive needs. And whereas Ms. Gray's ability to work with children from varied and difficult backgrounds contributes to her success as a prior professional. In order to help bridge the gap between home and school, she invited teachers to accompany her on home visits, some of which she scheduled late in the evening to accommodate parents' schedules. And whereas empathic and perceptive, Ms. Gray's contributions are not limited to the classroom. She willingly shares her practices and educational expertise with others and help to create an internal suspension curriculum where students can continue with ac academics as an alternative to external suspension. And whereas, Ms. Gray is committed to going above and beyond for children, although her primary responsibilities are to assist with classroom instruction while providing a safe and comfortable environment, she believes in building long-lasting relationships with her students and their parents. And whereas, she has been recognized for her work on the Art Walk, College Week, Literary Night, Peace Week, and Multicultural Committees. She has coached cheerleading and step teams and coordinates an annual fashion show which has increased parents' participation and raised funds for school activities. And whereas, Ms. Grays incorporate the three L's into her daily curriculum to ensure that every child is learning with a touch of life lessons while expressing a whole lot of love. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Tuesday, May 10, 2016, as Nicole J. Gray Appreciation Day in Broward County and recognizes her exceptional leadership and accomplishments as the 2016 Broad Public Schools Employee of the Year.
thank you. It has been such a huge honor to um, continue getting awards and accolades after the Caliber Awards. Um, just as uh, Commissioner Holness said, I am very dedicated to the lives of children and making sure that they're learning every day with those touch of life lessons with a whole lot of love. And that's my daily, 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 daily ritual. Every time I walk in the classroom, I don't care if it's mine or if, if someone is asking me to assist. So um, if you can always just stop by Dillard Elementary, dynamically different Dillard Elementary, we have an open door policy and we welcome you all to come in and see the fabulous things that we're doing over there. And I'm always there. A lot of people don't know me by my first name. Once I got this award, people were like, who are you? I thought you were Nikki. I didn't know that your governmental name was Nicole. <laughs> so if you come to the front desk and ask for Nicole, they might look at you a little strange, but just say Miss Nikki, and that's who I am. Um, and thank you again for this award, and I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Would you all come down, please? Would you all come down and take a photograph? Okay, we're going to go over here. Yes, please, everyone. All right. For those of you in the audience, please turn off and silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the county commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, further speaker signups will not be allowed and you may not be permitted to speak. When you are called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, you will not be permitted to continue speaking. Please res be respectful of those who are speaking today. We do not allow any applause, cheering, or booing during the meeting. Any person disrupting the proceedings will be asked to leave the chamber. At this time, I'm going to read the Tuesday morning memo. There are no withdrawal, uh, consent items are numbers 1 to 33. There are no withdrawals or deferrals. There are no Scrivener's errors. Good job, staff. No Scrivener's errors. Nice. Uh, without objection, I request that items number 36 and 37 be moved to consent. Additional material, item number 1A, board appointments. Item number 35, memo to the board from county administration. Item number 37, email to county administration from the arena operating company. Item number 41, replacement exhibit 1. I'm now going to ask uh, if any of my colleagues would like to have anything moved from the consent agenda, and I'll start with Commissioner Bogan. Uh, Mayor, while I do not have anything moved, I would like to, if it's okay with Commissioner Furr, I'd like to co-sponsor number 41. Sure. Uh, show that uh, Commissioner Bogan is co-sponsoring item number 41. Uh, Commissioner Holness. None. Commissioner Lamarca. None. Com Vice Mayor Sharif. None. Commissioner Ryan. None. Commissioner Ritter. 
Commissioner, uh, Lois isn't here. Commissioner Furr. No, none. And um, so uh, there are a number of uh, items that have been pulled by the public. Uh, items number four, nine, 32 on the consent, and then there have been speaker signers items number 35, 37, and 38. I'm sorry, Bill. Um, so with that said, show, uh, do I, the consent items or items number one to 33 minus items four, nine, and 32, uh, 37 will stay on regular. It's not being moved to consent. Uh, being moved to consent is item number 36 and show the regular items are 34, 35, 36, 37, 38 to 41. And motion D of item 37 has been withdrawn by staff. And item number 41 is a supplemental item. Is there a motion to move the consent agenda? Uh, Mayor, I, yes. I apologize. Um, the item D should um, remain on. We did receive the letter oh, that we were looking for. On. So Okay, show that item, uh, motion D of item number 37 is actually remaining on. Uh, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor of the consent agenda signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. Uh, Commissioner Holness has um, made a, a request. Um, I guess, uh, Commissioner Holness, while people are leaving, it's a good opportunity for us to do it. We have one more picture. We're going to ask the people to come up here and the county commission to come in the back. We're just going to have one more quick, uh, come up here, guys, one more quick uh, picture. And yeah. we can all do, we'll the, have the, the the, There's a suggestion that those who are receiving grants uh, come forward and we have a photograph uh, with the commission. Wonderful. Thank you. And I don't know if the sheriff's office representatives here also. It would be good to have them involved. Oh, wow. We had a lot of folks here today for this. This is great. By the way, thank you. I think this is a great suggestion, Commissioner Holmes, to have a, to have a picture.
We're now going to move on uh, to the first item, uh, which has been pulled. And uh, Mr. Rand, uh, it's been pulled by yourself. It's item number four. And this is a motion to approve the declaration of restricted covenant between the Florida Department of Environmental Protection and Broward County, imposing groundwater, soil, and land use restrictions. Um, it's, as always, it's good to see you, Mr. Rand. Good, Definitely. Good to and, see you. Uh, um, it's better to be obscene sometimes, but I won't. Yeah. Actually. Um, I just want to say offhand first, congratulations, Commissioner. And um, it's easy to get a, a visionary pathfinder with a torch in the sunlight, but you need somebody in the darkness who can create the spark to make the idea explode into fire. And we should market ourselves not as New York South, but remind them that they are one of our best suburbs and that this town is on fire. And I was in Orlando and took notes. I just wanted to say, uh, I know the uh, mass transit area uh, for years and a lot of petroleum, of course. Uh, wherever there's oil, storage tanks, there's petroleum. You don't need to, you know, drill deep in the Everglades or whatever. You can just go in a lot of sites in Broward County and find petroleum. And um, it's good that this is restricted, maybe in the future be some kind of a land preserve or whatever, and that they're capping it and all. Very important. I also read the word dieldrin, which I hadn't heard in 30 some years, a very nasty pesticide used for termites and all, and was long ago uh, restricted and shipped to South America. And um, I'm glad you've done your due diligence and cleaned the site, and I'm sure it's an ongoing process, unlike the county's laboratory that I worked in, that was not. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, you might want to stay there, Russell. Uh, you're, the, you're next. Um, it, uh, is there a motion to move on number four? Second. There's been a motion to second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed, show it on my item number four, passes unanimously. The next item is item number nine, and that's a motion to adopt the resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, designated May 15th through May 21st, 2016, as Water Reuse Week and providing for an effective date, and uh, it's been pulled by Mr. Rand. Uh, easy item, too. Uh, we use some, and I'm, I, I forget at the moment, but 150 million gallons or so of water a day. And most of it goes either into the ocean outfalls or into deep water, deep well injections. And uh, it's good we have a water re reuse week, but again, it gets back to infrastructure where you have to build the lines that uh, supply the reuse water to the residents and or businesses. That's why I pointed that out in the convention center, the, the wastewater plants right there. I mean, you wouldn't have to ship it too far enough. St. Pete years ago put in new water lines and they use the old water lines as reuse so they have a huge uh, reuse uh, program going and uh, it gets back to infrastructure again and we need one way or another infrastructure put into place um, to have reuse lines some some way to figure that out and all. I know it's gonna cost a few bucks but uh, spend the money and all and I know you're limited on you have to get rid of that ocean outfall coming up the legislature is leaning on you on that. So um, you're gonna have to go to deep well injection and whatnot. But the more water that can be diverted onto the lawns and all, uh, the better we all are, and especially in times of drought and all, because we're going through always the feast and famine. Too much water or too little. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Oh, um, be before we do that, uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Just a quick question. Mr. Rand brought up uh, St. Pete and their forward thinking uh, right at home here in Districts 2 and 4, Pompano Beach took 
former water lines uh, and, and utilize them for their purple pipe program, which is using reuse water for irrigation and other things. And it's a fantastic idea. It helps us with our reduce our ocean outfall amount, uh, our volumes, and it also allows us to water our grass more often. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show item number nine passes unanimously. Um, item number 32 has been pulled by Mr. Rand, and that is a motion to authorize the county attorney to execute an amendment to the agreement with outside litigation counsel to permit, permit final payment of attorney's fees in the manner of, of Hicks versus Broward County. And uh, 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 Mr. Rand, whenever you're ready. Having been there and done that, um, I find the item intriguing. I don't know the particulars. It's not important uh, necessarily. But I'm intrigued that the county would have to hire an outside law firm uh, who must be a you know, local connected firm so as to not deny that the county attorneys would offer testimony in, in uh, court depositions and all. The plaintiff apparently sought greater than $300,000, which that's the emotional distress under federal court and all. Uh, under a lengthy uh, discovery process, willing to settle for $9,000, and in the process, you've exceeded the $75,000 contract by $28,500 due to the substantial pretrial uh, interrogations and all. Um, I know how difficult it is to storm the Citadel. And there is great guards guarding the Citadel. You have, what, 40 lawyers and tens of millions of dollars and billions of dollars. And I don't know the particular person or, or particulars, but whether he was a bad attorney or just a bad county attorney who did the wrong thing, I don't know. But a better county attorney is somebody that uh, litigates over the courthouse respiratory and things, you know, and in order to move the courthouse forward. I think that was a, a very well-planned out uh, plan, uh, scheme and all. Um, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to make some comments on that. And of course, there'll be the gag order that you have to sign and all, that you don't talk about reality. But I didn't sign that gag order. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Move it. Second. There's been a motion to second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Uh, show the uh, all opposed. Show the item passes unanimously. Uh, we're now we're now moving on to the uh, delegation request, and um, Elijah, it's uh, from Elijah Manley. Elijah, uh, uh, you have um, uh, three minutes for the delegation request. Well, let me fix the clock real fast. It's good to see you. Then I have uh, hold on. There we go. Perfect. Elijah, whenever you're ready. Dear Broward County Board of County Commissioners, good morning, my name is Elijah Manley. I'm gonna read you a letter from the youth of Broward County. Dear Board, throughout the history of our great country, masses, groups, and demographics have fought for their civil rights, most notably suffrage. From the dawn of slavery to the Voting Rights Act of 1965, from involuntary servitude to the 19th Amendment in the 1920s, from oppression to the passage of the 26th Amendment, until today, the passes of a series of Elijah, can you pause for a second? Nobody can hear you. Whoever's in charge of the mic in the back, can you please turn his mic up? 
please. And Elijah, pull the mic up a little bit toward you. Can, if that's a far, we need a longer mic. You know what, and, and, and Elijah, I, I couldn't hear you. If you could start okay. from the beginning. Sure. That would be Why great. Not? I'll, uh, that'd be great. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can do it. Okay. Dear Broward County Board go. of County Commissioners, good morning. My name is Elijah Manley. Dear Board, I'm going to read to you a letter from the youth of Broward County. Dear Board, throughout the history of our great country, masses, groups, and demographics have fought for their civil rights most notably suffrage. From the dawn of slavery to the Voting Rights Act of 1965, from involuntary servitude to the 19th Amendment in the 1920s, from oppression to the passage of the 26th Amendment until today, the passage of a series of lowering the voting age restrictions locally. And for so long, the fighters were told that they shouldn't vote, that they don't have the same equal rights and protections under the law, they, that they are not smart or intelligent enough to vote. Remember those words from the 1960s? Well, today, we're doing just that, by denying a group of people the right to suffrage and equal rights under the law because of their age. Oppression, discrimination, ageism. The cries of those who beg for the vote. The blowing howls of those that stand on the streets screaming for suffrage. It is us, America's youth, standing here asking, begging for suffrage, for the vote. Mr. Chair or Mayor, a group of Americans today are asking for the vote as all others have historically. The dark shadows of the oppressors will dusk up, dusk up against us. It will rise and it will oppose the civil rights of young people, the youth rights, just as Jim Crow did right here in the South. This is a movement, a cry from the voices of millions of oppressed youth, from the restraint, the unheard, the disenfranchised, the ignored. For one second, place yourself in the shoes of a slave. The cloudy skies, a lost nation, a nation on the verge of falling. Then that day came that the slave was free. Emancipation. Their long cry was heard. I can only imagine how that feels. Today, America's youth cry for emancipation through suffrage at 16. I'm formally asking the county commission to, if it is really about action, to entertain a motion through whatever procedure necessary to lower the voting age to 16 in Broward County only for municipal and county elections. Because as President Lyndon B. Johnson once said, a man without a vote is a man without protection. Stand up, and if you're really about action, violate the state law for the common good and the civil equal rights and equal protection under the law that the Constitution carries to all Americans, regardless of their age. Thank you, Elijah. Well, we're now uh, moving on to uh, item number 35, which is our direct procurement authority meeting. Um, before we go to the public, there are two members of the public. Is there a motion to open the meeting as the direct procurement authority? Um, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Show that the meeting is open. Uh, now before we go to Mr. Cohn, there are two members of the public that have asked to speak on this matter. Uh, each one will be given two minutes. Um, the first is Russell Rand. Mr. Rand. 
It's a great suit today. I like it. I just got it done by my tailor, I know. Very cool. Yeah, she does cool stuff. <laughs> um, I just wanted to comment that this is kind of the waltz, you know, the dance, finding a suitable dance partner in order to move a really big project forward. And uh, the sum is greater than the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. If the parts start falling apart, wheels come off the, the train and all. And um, Thank you. I hope that uh, differences and problems can be worked out. The uh, I see in the back story the items with the courthouse, you know, delayed, uh, opening delayed, south runway on the airport, and whether this can be suitable partner or whatever moving forward in the convention center. As I've said, and I'll keep saying, you know, you got apples and oranges, and some people, you guys want apples and they want oranges and all, and then trying to construct an apple orange out of the two pieces is the hard part. And that's what gets into these delays and all. And having worked uh, as a visionary in an environmental design, planning, etc., I understand that uh, county is lacking on visionary ideas. You always hire some consultant to give you a vision and then give it to somebody else to actually implement it and all. And as long as you get the little people picking it apart along the way, then you're on the path, the wrong path. And you don't know you're on that wrong path until you're way far down it. And then you've got to back up to the fork in the road that Yogi Bear always said to take. So I hope this works well, this dance. Thank you, Mr. Rand. The next uh, person on the queue is uh, Charles King. Mr. King, you have uh, two minutes as well. Um, have you guys considered maybe just letting Chip build this, Commissioner Lamarker, because he's a contractor, and that would seem to be of the same order of inappropriateness as making Commissioner Ritter, the head of the tourism board, when the you know the the tourism council basically said they didn't want her, they wanted people with qualifications. Um, it's just like a crisis of integrity up here. You know, I mean, I think that's where a lot of your problems come from. The people you're dealing with feel like you guys are very corruptible up here, and that's why all your projects turn into disasters. And you're there's only one company you can deal with. I mean, it's just sort of a lot of people are outraged about this tourism thing. Like if if you know, if you guys had the guts to have a hearing up here and decide, like, you know, is our county manager, is, is she qualified? Why would she make a decision like this? Does she have no integrity? You know, like, it just seems like such a pure, you know, political type thing that, you know, I know the mayor is becoming our property appraiser. You know, I'm sure he's a long history in real estate or something. It just seems like everybody up here has got, like, a plan for where they're going next. I don't know if this was part of uh, Commissioner Ritter's plan to move out of Parkland to Fort Lauderdale or somewhere like that more exciting but I mean this, this is our money you know this is like the major driver in this community if you guys just sit up here and be like well, we're gonna give it to her we don't care what anybody thinks or we didn't do it our order taker did it you know it's like this puts the, you guys should really be looking at her as to like where did she get her qualifications from where's her ethical where's her ethics you know that's what a lot of us are wondering and I would like to see a hearing or something you know I mean you know Commissioner Furr is probably the most left up here I kind of like, I agree with him a lot. I feel like, you know, this isn't a left-right thing. This is like the corrupt and the uncorrupt. I mean, I can tell you he's head and shoulders over his predecessor. So um, 
please have a hearing. We would like to have a public discussion about this. You know, I mean, her husband is a lobbyist for the largest recipient of, of dollars from this fund, for the, the tourism Thank you. fund. Now we're moving on. We're coming back to the county commission. And uh, it, I'm going to first allow staff, uh, Mr. Cohn, to come up and to address this matter. Thank you, Mr. Cohn. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the board, boss. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be here uh, today to give you an update. Um, as you know, I've been doing economic development work for many years, and I've spoken to many bodies such as yourselves. And I can tell you wholeheartedly that I've never had the pleasure of working with such a professional organization as this and with working with such a professional leader as Ms. Henry. And I know I depart from what I'm supposed to be addressing right now, but I take umbrage at what I just heard and I felt compelled to say something. So thank you. Um, me, regarding Cohn, sometimes you don't have to respond to, to people who have no qualifications and, and, and no uh, reputation. Do you know what I mean? You don't yes, sometimes sir. need to even respond to idiots. Regarding why I'm here before you, uh, we distributed a memo regarding uh, where we are. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, you met as a direct procurement authority. Uh, in that, as that body, you voted to move forward the um, convention center project, the expansion and headquarters hotel project, excuse me. Uh, that was subject to ongoing discussions with Matthew Southwest Holdings regarding the composition of their team. Matthews is continuing to have internal discussions about the direction that they want to go in. They have asked us for more time. Um, the indication we get, it's approximately two to three weeks that they require, and that's our recommendation is that we give them that time. That's my report. Are there any questions? Thank you, Mr. Cohn. We're coming back now to the, uh, the county before. Um, I have first Commissioner Sharif on the queue, and then uh, Commissioner Lamarca, and then anybody else that would like to address this matter, of course. Thank you, Mr. Cohn, for all your hard work. Um, I just wanted to say that I, I had a statement prepared, uh, which I was going to read later, but I, I feel it's probably most appropriate to read it at this point in time. Um, first of all, let me just say, Ms. Henry, that uh, from the time that I've been elected to this county commission, you've done a fantastic job, and probably even before that, but I, I think I'm more tuned in as a, as a sitting member of this board to what... Um, the task and the duties and the responsibilities of a county administrator and all that you have had to come through and see this county through. And you've done a, a phenomenal job and your reputation is impeccable and second to none. Um, secondly, I sit up here with a board of very talented individuals who give of their time and their energy and they have compassion and great skill and great integrity. And I've sat with these members of this um, county commission for just over six years. And in that time, I have gotten to know uh, my friend and colleague, Commissioner Stacy Ritter, very well. And I'm going to tell you that you could have done a international search and you would not have found a better candidate in Commissioner Ritter to fill the CVB position as director. And the reason why is because Commissioner Ritter brings her political experience as a state representative and as a county commissioner who has led this dais and has led this commission through some very tough times. She is a vested member of this community 
And she's someone who has been there to direct and build infrastructure, expanding the airport, the seaport, and making sure that we were seen as progressive and that Broward County always came first. I believe that she's probably the biggest cheerleader that we have, that we could have ever wished for on the CVB. I think your choice was an excellent one. And I will miss my friend and colleague tremendously on this dais. But I know that the CVB has earned a hardworking and dedicated leader. And so the only thing that I think should be said today about my friend is congratulations and good luck on your new endeavor. And I wish you all the best. Now moving on to uh, Commissioner Leymarca. I'll take French every time, that's fine. <laughs> um, my, my comments are on, on the issue, although that was a departure from the issue that was the conversation before, but um, I wanted to point some, one thing out, and that I guess there, there may have been some that misinterpreted mis, uh, my conversation prior. I had a, we had a conversation about the contractor. Uh, I think I clarified that last time, but there was also a conversation about our, our owner's rep as far as um, one of the projects that they're representing us on, uh, the courthouse, for example, and we voted for them unanimously to, to be on this project. Um, number one, I wholeheartedly support the White's company as our owner's rep, um, but the confusion was in that I made a comment that um, there may be a lack of communication. It wasn't directed at our owner's rep to, for having communication, uh, but communication is a two-way street. And ultimately, everyone knows I'm frustrated by the process that we have multiple projects that are, that are not brought in to complete finish uh, where we, before we move on, and that's been a frustration. So uh, again, I believe the contractor is capable of doing the work. There's, there are certainly some hurdles to get through before, uh, before we have that conversation, but specifically on the owner's rep, I think we're represented by, by good people. Um, They've been there the entire time. There was, a, there was a conversation by possibly out there that, that somebody left the project. Um, somebody did only, indeed leave the project from our owner's rep. Uh, he's dealing with uh, a, a, you know, a very difficult illness. Um, so that was, that's the answer to that. But, so I, I want to basically give my full support, uh, Alan, number one to you and to, the, to our representative. And hopefully we can bring this in. And if the two, week, two to three weeks is the time they need, then uh, I'm going to make a motion to support it. Commissioner Holmes. Yes, uh, Alan, thank you for your steadfast uh, work in, in, in bringing us update in, in, in uh, covering all the bases uh, as you have. Uh, we, we're, on, we're embarking a, on through a process that will be transformative to Broward County. Uh, when we get this 800 plus room hotel built and create a destination, not just for folks coming from elsewhere, but for the people who are here. We need that place. We need for it to be done. I don't think it's wise for us to rush the process. Uh, I know last meeting we crammed a date in. Uh, I think we need to give you and, and the team and, 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 and our only uh, vendor left standing uh, in, in this process the opportunity to do what's needed uh, in order to bring this project home and make it a great project. Uh, so whatever time you need, I'm willing to support that. If it's two weeks, three weeks, or even more. Uh, we don't want to delay it long, of course, but in the same token, we have to make sure we do what's right and make sure the project and the product is the right product. 
So with that, I move that we allow staff. We don't need to. Nothing. Just the motion. To Just close. it. Just the motion to close. A motion to close uh, the. Second. Yes. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Show the the uh, meeting of the direct procurement authority is closed. And Alan, you're doing a great job. Uh, we're now moving on to item number 37, uh, which was pulled by um, a number of, mem number of members of the public. Uh, the first uh, to pull it was Mr. Russell Rand. And there are a series of motions. And this is the first one is a motion to approve reasonable source designation to utilize the Urban Land Institute. And so, um, uh, Mr. Rand, uh, you have two minutes. I just want to comment that Elijah will be an old man by the time he gets to cast that 16-year-old vote. <laughs> the, um, this land use, I guess you're looking for somebody with a vision again. Somebody come forward with, with visions. And uh, similar to the convention hotel, uh, you know, uh, there's an awful lot of people trying to figure out what to do that which was offered in the deal with the Panthers, which, where's that Stanley, Stanley Cup? Come on. <laughs> um, but uh, too many cooks spoil the stew, too, you know, uh, and that's often a, a problem. Um, I'm wondering if the uh, land will be used for, you know, radio shacks and Chipotle's and Starbucks or whatever. and. Whether it has a, uh, uh, it, it's brought forward uh, as a, a visionary thing too that that incorporates the environment into the design and all. Um, and I want to remind you of your emergency plan that that uh, Panther Palace there—that's your staging area for the hurricane disaster when you get the Katrina in here. So. I'm concerned with eating up too much of the land when those tractor trailers come in with the ice and tents and whatnot, then you're going to have a, you know, an urban mess, a superdome situation there. And uh, that's something to keep in mind, very much so, uh, moving forward. And um, I'm sure somebody will cook up a pretty good idea as you put this forward. And then I'll be here while you fight over it later. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Um, the next person to pull the item was Mr. Elijah Manley. Hello again, Elijah. You have uh, two minutes whenever you're ready. Okay. I totally don't know what I'm talking about here, but <laughs> I'm going to try to figure out what I'm talking about by reading it because I think my yeah, voice speak is up. Valuable. Yeah, Elijah, I'm sorry speak that we, we can't hear you. Can you please yeah, put the up. microphone up again? Yeah. Speak louder. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know what A is talking about. I don't know what B is talking about. I don't know what C is talking about, D or E, because I never heard about this before today. So I think maybe it should go out on the website or something so the public can see it and look into it. So can somebody explain to me what it's about? Because I don't know what it's about. 
Well, uh, Elijah, we'll, after um, we'll discuss it. we take it, maybe we can have, we're, we're going to discuss the matter a little yeah. bit. So all hopefully right. that can, can explain it. Okay, a quick question then. The county attorney knows all about this, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they, they've, they, our county staff vets everything, and it's actually put up on the, uh, the agenda is put up on the website a uh, reasonable time before the meeting for the public to view. I'm pretty sure she vets everything besides 16 to vote. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now it's back to the county commission. Uh, we'll start with Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. The, the item, uh, staff discussed this with, with each of us when I met with uh, Mr. Hernandez. Um, let me just say, I think everyone remembers the, the vote on how we move forward with the, the issue of the arena. Uh, I think one of the major uh, positive results of that conversation in those many months that uh, Mr. Hernandez and uh, consultants, our legal staff, our entire team, did was prior to the new ownership of the hockey team and and the least the lessee of our public building uh, the previous organization had strong ties to uh, development rights around the arena and there was conversations about state you know statewide votes whether we were going to have destination gaming or whatever that was um, and the major yet for the county for the taxpayers for the people who own that building and that property uh, was that our team was able to pull that uh, pull that property back that those development rights uh, so I think it's an excellent item uh, Rob certainly bringing the the urban land Institute in for some ideas I mean everybody who's done a process like this in other places where the arenas for example have closed has has uh, needed to rely on this more we don't have a closed arena we have a very functional arena and I think this year they they uh, they put quite a quite a few more uh, uh, rears in the seats, if you will, um, and you know that that's that's up to them. But but the property on the outside, I think, really is is uh, it's important that we're having this conversation because uh, there there might be ideas that we don't have. I mean, certainly, as has been said, there's a lot of I people here with ideas and uh, people here with the can the can set policy. But uh, certainly, looking on the outside, and I appreciate the support of the neighboring development, the uh, lessee of the building, and the other organizations that are supporting it. So uh, I think it's a great idea, and I just wanted to point out that obviously that's, that's um, tens of acres of land that, you know, that we didn't have before that, that deal was done. So uh, kudos to bringing it back in, and hopefully we can uh, find the right fit for it and, and utilize it. And I know uh, it was brought up about an emer you know, emergency location and disaster or whatnot uh, for us to stage. I know that um, if we have a situation that's bad enough, uh, we have acres and acres and acres of parking at, uh, uh, with the Simon folks would probably be willing to sit down and talk with us. And we're still going to have a lot of outdoor you know, uh, surface parking at that arena, no matter what we do. So I think we're, we're fine there. Commissioner Holness. Yes, in our, in our negotiations with the Panthers, uh, tough as it was, we had s some benefits that came out of it. And this certainly is one of them. Uh, what we were able to do is unlock for the public interest millions of dollars in property values that can now even be further enhanced to create a greater economic opportunity and development for this site. Uh, one of the things that I think we could probably look at is post-game and pre-game, there's not much uh, restaurants or anything on site that could be utilized. So. Uh, some connectivity to these major events that we have that could then bring some of that energy that's being created from the 
hockey games or from the uh, events that are occurring there could actually help to, to capture some revenues there uh, so folks don't just get back on the expressway and, and go back north or south, but that they stay there and spend a little money uh, to ensure that the people of Broward County benefits uh, from uh, the, the value that we have unlocked in this site. And using the Urban Land Institute, I think, is it's, it's, it's powerful in that they bring people from all over the country who have expertise and experience in, in developments uh, of similar sites uh, so that we can utilize those talents that they have. And, and I think the cost is, is, is minimal uh, for us to be able to get this kind of expertise if we were to go out and actually contract with uh, entities that were for profit it would probably cost us a tremendous uh, amount more money than we're actually spending on this. So I think we're using uh, this, uh, the, the public fund very wisely in utilizing this entity. And I think uh, the future is uh, bright for us at this site because I believe that the potential for economic development there and job creation is huge. Commissioner Ritter. Uh, yes. Um, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Mayor. Consistent with Ethics Advisory Opinion CEO 07-5, I do not believe that I have any conflict preventing me from voting on, on these items. Nevertheless, in an abundance of caution and in accordance with the public report and order issued in complaint number 07-163 and pursuant to Florida Statute Section 286.012, I will abstain from voting on item 37. There, um, it's now back. There are no more speakers on this matter, and uh, Miss Coffee. Just we can take all the motions at one together. We don't have to take them yes. individually. So, is there a motion to move to move A, B, C, D, and E? There's been a, a motion by Commissioner Holness and a second by Commissioner Bogan. Uh, all in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed. Show the item passes one, two, three, four, five, six uh, to zero with one abstention. Uh, we're now moving on to item number 38, and item number 38 is a motion to approve the re reallocation of 150000 in fiscal year 2013 Broward Redevelopment Program funding from Oakland Park. It's uh, Commissioner LaMarca's item. Uh, there are a few public speakers in the matter, but I'm going to let Commissioner LaMarca uh, kick it off for us. Thank you, Mayor. Um, happy to have the uh, folks that have uh, come to speak on the item. I'm not sure who signed up, uh, possibly from Oakland Park? Uh, one person. Okay. Um, this item was, was brought to me uh, back when we did our, our grant funding and our, our awards based on prioritization and, and then meeting all the qualifications of the, the evaluation board that did this uh, work a year and a half, two years ago. Um, with regard to this particular uh, project, the, the goal was, and it was about a quarter, 20 or 25 percent of the overall funding, uh, that we were providing the the, the city of Oakland Park uh, had uh, had a, a specific place inside the former Whirlpool warehouse that now where the Funky Boot is and there's other uh, establishments in there. The, the goal was to put a uh, culinary facility in there uh, to continue their culinary district. And if you've been there lately, there are new new restaurants, uh, establishments, and entertainment opening up on. Uh, somewhat regular basis, an allied kitchen and home just moved there, and they're doing 
doing different uh, functions there on a regular basis. But the goal was to have uh, to have something in line with the culinary theme and uh, part of their CRA is that's that's what they're doing there. Um, unfortunately, that that space became unavailable. They couldn't couldn't rent it. Uh, it was a it was an excellent project. I went back to after being contacted by the city, went back to Mr. Stone and uh, his group that that uh, helped uh, prepare and evaluate the uses. Basically, went back I, and, and asked, "Is this uh, ultimately is this use acceptable? What they want to do?" And there's a connector, public improvement connector for Jacob Pastorius Park. And if you don't know where that is, it's at 38th Street and Dixie Highway, where the where the road bends there. It's uh, kind of a triangular-shaped uh, park that the city has, that the city owns, and there's a mural of uh, the late Jacob Pastorius, who was a uh, Northeast High School grad and a uh, transformational bass guitarist and uh, died, died far too young, but uh, this is a connector that people can, uh, people can access both from the restaurants and establishments there and go over to the park and enjoy that as well. Uh, another public space without having to deal with crossing uh, the way the crossing is at the railroad tracks and the very uh, industrial and kind of commercial setting that's there now to make that transition. So uh, I am submitting this to be a change of you know, change of the the funds. Again, the city is uh, the city is putting in the majority of uh, of these funds, and our part uh, is something that we agreed to do before. Um, I know that these are ranked. I feel very strongly that based on how this ties into the existing culinary district. And their uh, their overall development program in Oakland Park that this would uh, be one of one of the highly rated items if it was if it was there again and would ask your consideration. Um, before we come back to the county, we have three members of the public that have signed up to speak. Uh, the first is Kathleen Margolis from the City of Oakland Park, but it says for questions only. Right. Questions only. Um, so the next on the queue is uh, Mr. Russell Rand. Hi, Russell. Hi there. Uh, excellent work, Commissioner Lamarca. That um, sometimes when you have a plan A, it falls apart, and you always have to have a plan B as backup, and that's uh, a good thing based on prioritization and all. Um, I happen to have uh, enjoyed Jocko's bass work live several times, and I know his sons and all, so I'm very much into the music and all, and he was one of our great geniuses from this area. Just amazing. Um, I like that area and all, the hub, the idea of a culinary uh, center of uh, Broward County, so to speak. It's kind of on higher, drier land, uh, and it's kind of a nice area. I like the way the whole thing ties in. There's some older houses, older uh, structures, uh, public buildings and whatnot, that could be utilized. So I can see that in the future as a thriving hub of activity in, in the center of Broward County's kind of. And uh, the idea of having a connector and all, uh, how you connect pieces, because I'm always talking about uh, oases that are higher ground and how to get the connectors in between, like Dania and Hollywood. And it's, it's that connector on US-1 that's a dump, see, that needs some improvement by the county or somebody to step in and do something. And, um, but I see uh, Oakland Park as a thriving hub in the future, and that's, that's really excellent work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next person on the queue is Mr. Elijah Manley. Hi, Elijah. Hi. Okay, this is working. Um, okay. Oh, good. 
I hope it's nothing like the Community Redevelopment Association in Fort Lauderdale, which was a disaster with its gentrification in Cistron. Um, honestly, Mr. Lamarca, I don't know what I'm talking about again. I'm just spamming, you know, for suffrage, like so many people have done in the past. So, yeah. Thank you, Elijah. Um, and now we're back to the County Commission, and we'll go to uh, the first person on the queue is Commissioner Holness. Well, thank you for bringing this forward, Commissioner Lamarca. We do share the city of Oakland Park as part of our districts, and, and I want to congratulate the people in Oakland Park, the leadership there, uh, for utilizing uh, the funds that we have been able to give them through our uh, redevelopment program uh, to fit into their CRE plans, which is TIFLESS. The investment has brought forth millions of dollars in economic development. Uh, there's a transformation occurring uh, in Oakland Park, especially around this area, because of the investment that the county was able to give to the city of Oakland Park and what they have done, and their innovative and creative ways of making this uh, a huge success. And, and, and for those of you, Jackie Pastorius Park, you might not know, but most people know Funky Buddha. So this property is just north of Funky Buddha, and it would basically lend to uh, ensure that you have that connectivity uh, to the restaurant entertainment area uh, that is being established there to ensure we bring uh, tourism dollars into an area that certainly uh, for a long time had lagged behind. Uh, this redevelopment of this area is actually spreading further west uh, into some new buildings going in. And, and again, it's, it's really dynamic what is going on there. And, and, and utilizing uh, community reinvestment dollars through our uh, Broad County Regional Development uh, Program is, is really the thing to do. And, and, and I hope that other cities that even have uh, TIF CRAs would follow suit and look to do things that are transformative as this so that the money actually go into projects and economic development and job creation for the people that live there rather than into administrative fees. So I'm, I'm strongly in support of, of this item, uh, Commissioner Lamarck, and we'll second it when you uh, move it. I see nobody else on the queue. Uh, Commissioner Lamarck. So first, I, pr I appreciate the support. I, I want to share with you, I was at, um, <clears throat> Commissioner Ritter was, was at the groundbreaking and the opening. I know you were at the opening of the Funky Buddha. And again, I, I, I grew up in northeast Fort Lauderdale. Uh, elementary school was in Fort Lauderdale. And then middle and high school were in just across Dixie Highway and Oakland Park and spent some summers at Oakland Park Recreation. Uh, and that was an area that was just nothing happened for a long, long time along that corridor. And this this plan... Uh, to take this massive warehouse, I, f I forget the square footage, but it's over a couple hundred thousand square feet. And at one far, far end, there was a bio, uh, bio, uh, biodynamic and, uh, and basically a, a, a company that was trying to uh, derive uh, fuel from, from uh, bioproducts. And at the far east end or the far south end was the Funky Buddha. And when they opened up, it was maybe 5,000 square foot space. They're approaching 50 to 70,000 square foot of that warehouse now. And they're... I mean, literally, there is a leadership Florida function there this week. There is a village square debate on or conversation on transportation there. Uh, so they're hosting different things. And they actually do have, uh, they did put a kitchen in and brought in the, the chef from uh, the Atlantic Hotel, the, the 
It's called uh, Beauty and the Feast. Uh, but you know, that's one piece of it. As you move down, you've got City Hall, you've got other properties. And as I mentioned, Allied. Allied is over on Oakland Park Boulevard. They decided to buy the old Sykes Tile building. And you know, when we have these kind of, I guess you would say, philosophical conversations about uh, how we think the community should move forward, I would share and, and uh, promote the idea that it takes people who are willing to risk capital, like, uh, like the Feinberg brothers, <clears throat> to buy that building, go out for additional parking, and go out and make that investment on architects and contractors and, and build it out. Um, but they put a very, very high-end showroom. It was going to be, it was going to start as outdoor kitchens and turned into everything, including that and above, and uh, are working on having restaurants and there was originally a Broward College culinary program that was going to go in one of the spaces but they're looking for something like that so these pieces are all starting to come together and I bring that up because the the Navy uh, Broward Navy Days Fleet Week was was here uh, last week and on Saturday night uh, typically there is an event where the four Navy vessels and the Coast Guard and any other branches if they don't whether they have a uh, ship or a, a boat in port uh, can compete all of their all of their culinary staff their cooks their chefs and it's kind of like galley wars. So they took place at Allied this year. They had a big tent outside. That entire area, uh, four block area from the Funky Buddha to, to Allied, including City Hall, was closed down. Uh, it was open to the public. There was no charge outside of the, the Allied event or the Navy event. Uh, in front of City Hall was the Navy band, believe it or not, the Southeast Navy band that does the, would, would do patriotic songs, but they also had a, uh, Pretty mean, uh, probably about an eight-piece band uh, doing Jimmy Buffett, Eagles, just different stuff, and just right in front of City Hall. People gathered around there. There were about eight food trucks, and, you know, that is when you see something finally come together, that's, you, you understand that this is a good investment, not only uh, when people make their investment, they're, you know, hopefully they'll be rewarded with great profits, but, you know, from a, from a public side to continue to try to build an area, and that's where people will, will congregate, and they congregate there. Uh, instead of going out of their own city, their own, own town to spend money, uh, not that I have any problem with spending money in Fort Lauderdale, but you know that's typically if you're from Northeast Broward like me, you either go to Boca Raton or you go to go to Fort Lauderdale, or maybe go all the way down to, to Hollywood to Margaritaville. Uh, so it's it's good to have these things happening, and, and I appreciate the support. But uh, want to move that want to move the item forward, and, and number two, invite you all out to the next event, hopefully at the Funky Buddha or somewhere on the culinary district. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show item number 38 passes unanimously. We're now moving on to the final item on this morning's agenda, which has been sponsored by Commissioner Furr, and it's a motion to approve the First Amendment to the RRB Asset Distribution Litigation Settlement Agreement between Broward County and an array of cities. And uh, before we go to Commissioner Furr, um, I've given this a lot of thought, and if you would allow me to be a co-sponsor in this as well, I'd appreciate it. Great. Thanks. So if you could please also add me as a co-sponsor, Ms. Henry. Thank you. Oh, yes, and uh, Commissioner Bogan as well. Okay. Commissioner Furr. Thank you. First of all, I want to apologize for this going on so late because something that is, th is this big, I don't like putting on late. I tried to get it on early. didn't happen. So anyway, it comes to us this way. Um, ever since I got put on garbage detail by Commissioner Ryan, uh, I've been meeting with uh, many of the uh, cities, mayors, et cetera, and we've been trying to figure out, looking at the entire uh, garbage situation throughout the county and as, as all you all know we're mandated by 2020 to hit a recycling rate of around 20 percent we're actually going backwards on that right now so there's it's important that we try to try to get a handle on this 
Um, the, what I recognized kind of early was there was an opportunity at the site that was part of the RRB settlement with the Alpha 250, that that's a place that we could put a, um, a very good recycling center that would benefit the entire county and all the cities. So uh, we, this settlement is actually asking that we put a pause on selling that. They have agreed with that. There was actually a meeting with uh, all the mayors, and it was unanimous, which was pretty surprising. Uh, but it was unanimous. Uh, to at least go forward, we are going to take this vote first, and then it has to go through to every city afterwards. But they wanted to see if there was, um, if the county commission would approve uh, putting a pause on that and agreeing to that. Um, we need to do it fairly quickly. And the reason is a lot of the city's contracts for their next option come up in 2018. That means we need to have a viable alter alternative prior to when those options come up. That's happening fairly quickly. Recycling is, it could be that option. If, if it is, if we can divert enough to recycling, then and only then can we handle the rest of the garbage at the waste, that the one remaining um, waste to incinerate, the incinerator plant. So if we're going to handle all our own garbage, this is part of the part of the recipe, as far as I can tell. But at this point, I'm also out of my comfort level. <laughs> I've gone as far as I can with meeting and getting to this point. At this point, it really requires um, a, a consultant to to kind of guide us or give us an idea of what is possible, how many, what would that recycling center look like, what would what would all the other details be, what would flow control be required, what, you know, all. The, just the whole list of things that would help us get to that point of being able to take care of our own garbage in, in Broward County. And I know that um, our county administrator has a few things she wanted to add to this. So if, if you wanted to, that'd be fine. But I, but I hope that you will approve this today. I think we're, it's the first step. We have a long ways to go. But at least we do have the, you know, the, the majority of the city is willing to work with us on this. And I think the consultant would, would provide the, the depth of knowledge that we need to go to the next step. I just have a, a very brief um, presentation, and this is more for the benefit of the public. Um, if you could put that on for me, I appreciate it. So if, if you can go to the next couple of slides. So what you see there is uh, at the very beginning of a presentation, I, I took some excerpts from a presentation that, that um, Commissioner Furr and I are intending to present to the Broward City County Managers Association um, next week, I believe. Um, but I wanted, there are a couple of slides in here that sort of tells the story um, probably better than anything. And if you can go to the next slide. Next slide. Oh, oh gee, it's kind of hard to see. But what we try to communicate here is that we're in a region that's really taking care of its waste. Um, and you'll see a slide there that shows um, all of the elements of a very comprehensive program um, that's, that's being um, administered by Miami-Dade, by Palm Beach, and what was administered by, by Broward County um, 
decree the dissolution, dissolution of the Resource Recovery Board. And why you, there's a blank that shows post is that because we have little bits and pieces of a lot of that, but we certainly do not have anything comprehensive. And um, at one point, we'll start filling in those blanks, and, and hopefully we will get back to a point where we are just as much a partner in the region of handling our waste as our county to the north and south. Next slide. What uh, we uh, internally, the staff, um, uh, came to me probably a couple of years ago right after dissolution. They said, you know, we need to start to wind down and and phase out of a number of programs that we had in place and and being the optimist um, and prodded by Commissioner Furr here, we said, okay, so why don't we at this point uh, try to retain as much of these programs as we can um, if there comes a point in time where there's just simply no interest, then we would make this decision, and we're probably a year away from having to do that. But if there's an interest, and since there's an interest, appears to be an interest, because I've talked to some of my colleagues, and he's talked to the elected officials, that maybe um, uh, it's time to start coming back together and looking at our waste uh, comprehensively. Next slide. And this is the chart that obviously creates um, concern. When we look at 2012, we were at a recycling rate of 37. We bumped up to 45, and then start after the dissolution of the RRB, you'll start to see that the number for the basic recycling glass bottles and the like are starting to come down again. Um, you look at uh, the waste that was uh, incinerated um, um, again, through that period of time, you'll see that you know most of our numbers are trending in the wrong way. We're going up in landfill, which is not a number that we want to uh, we want to see. Um, we want to go the opposite way on landfilling. And at the end of the day, when we're able to incinerate more, uh, as, as well as uh, handling some of our uh, commercial and, and uh, commercial um, waste. Um, construction demo, demolition waste, that we're able to get more credits for recycling. So we were at 60% when we were burning as much as we could. The waste to energy is a two-to-one credit. But when we stopped burning, the numbers started going the opposite way. Now the economy is improving. You'll see the total number of waste is growing. But we really want to have um, those numbers go the other way. Last slide. And one of the, the main reasons for us having a conversation about um, maybe taking a pause on the sale of the Alpha 250 project is just when you look at the total number of solid waste facilities just a little over a year ago, uh, we, there were 36, and they were all types. They, there was recycling facilities, transfer facilities, a number of different facilities to handle the waste. Today, we're down to 17. And that number is, should be a number that we should that should also create some concern for us. Uh, what that means is waste is being consolidated in the hands of a few. Uh, some of that could be argued that um, people are looking to be more efficient, but a lot of it is um, our waste is leaving our county. So this is something that we um, that we want to keep our eyes on, um, and. Um, um, as the uh, managers, um, a group of the managers have asked if the county um, um, would we be at the table 
if there is a, a renewed interest uh, in bringing back um, our waste program, and obviously this is something that I feel very strongly about, and I know that you do too. So that's it. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. No, I just wanted to say after uh, Commissioner first spoke that I'm in full support of of you bringing this forward, and uh, that's why I asked to co-sponsor it. Thank you for bringing it forward. Vice Mayor Sharif. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Commissioner Furr, you know, I really love you, and I love your enthusiasm and your passion for this, but um, I have one issue, and that is that any time that the city step in the puddle that they create, they come back to the county and make us accountable for that. I have an issue with the $200,000 for the study being only the county's responsibility. When we were in negotiations, the cities were adamant that they wanted the sale of the Alpha 250, even though the county and all of the people that we had working on this suggested otherwise. We spent an awful lot of money um, appraising it, evaluating what could be done with it, and telling them that this was our contingency plan if we needed it. Um, I'm a little taken aback by the fact that it's such a rush now all of a sudden to come to some agreement on this. I understand, you know, about negotiating and settling. I mean, I, we've done that a million times. Um, I, can, I can sit here and, and comfortably say I voted no every single time because I thought it was a bad idea to sell Alpha 250. I voted no on the settlement because I thought that they were being short-sighted in the gains that they were going to get from this. And um, I guess I was proven right again. My problem with it is that if we're going to go back and do this, I don't have a problem with re um, renegotiating or, or looking at the settlement again, but they're going to share the cost, meaning we are not ca carrying that $200,000 tab by ourselves. So if they want this to happen, they are going to have to agree to share 50-50 in the mess that they made, and they're going to have to agree that from this point forward that they're going to be accountable for what they've requested and for what they've gotten us into. I think that is only fair. And a league representative should have been here today as well. I don't see any out there. If there are, you can stand up and come to the mic, but I think they need to go back and ask that. Commissioner Furr, I think you need to go back and ask that. That I can't vote for this in good conscience knowing that this is where where we're at because no one over there on their side um, wanted to listen to what we were saying. We were trying to reason through this. So I'm not willing to vote for this today um, because I don't believe the county should be responsible for carrying the tab of people when they make mistakes and they don't hold themselves accountable. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. <clears throat> Thank you, Mayor. Um, just looking at this list, it looks like at least half, half of the eight cities that I, uh, five, more than half, five of the eight cities that I have the pr privilege of representing are, are on this list. And uh, I would say that shy of an occasional conversation, I didn't hear from any of my cities during this process, um, maybe Fort Lauderdale. <clears throat> you know, it, one of the things that government does, and if they do it well, you don't hear about it. You don't get a phone call. You don't get any phone calls. Hey, you're really doing a good job of picking up the garbage. Um, but when they don't, it is something that uh, will will be written about a lot. I know that, for example, the and I give them accolades on a lot of things. But there's there's a little bit of a learning curve in the city of Pompano Beach. They're starting to do automatic uh, collection that vehicles that pick up the 
you know, the recycling and the regular garbage cans. They've got to be left in a certain place like Fort Lauderdale. Um, ho however you do it, this is going to be waste and recycling is going to be a big issue for everyone if it's a problem. If it's picked up, it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, that being said, uh, uh, Commissioner Sharif brings up a good point. I mean, I, I, I'd love to jump on this with, with Commissioner Furr. Uh, he has been... He's been excellent on this issue. He is, you know, I think we called Commissioner Lieberman the garbage queen. And I don't know if we're going to crown him king yet, but he jumped, he jumped in all too willingly on this issue. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm with them on the one piece of that, of this puzzle, and, and uh, Ms. Henry showed the recycling issue. Re recycling up to this point, I can't tell you how important it is to me and like to our community per capita. I think we have some of the highest numbers of recycling in Lighthouse Point, and it's really important. But we were sold a bit of a, a bit of a, a misnomer that you know we're going to make money off of recycling. We're going to get credits, or we're going to get go to the store and get you know Amazon gift cards or Starbucks. Yeah. Look, it costs money to do something, and the easier you make it for people, single stream, for example, we throw all of our stuff in a 32 or 48 gallon. Uh, toter garbage can once a week, and we, we almost fill that thing up. So we are recycling a lot, but somebody somewhere down the line has got to un has got to unravel uh, the single stream. You can't just put it all in one in one process. And I know uh, you know there are a lot of new products coming out of, for example, used water bottles are creating textiles, dry fit shirts, and things like that. Um, there are a lot of things that we, we can do, but. If we just, or if these companies were honest with us, and we could be honest with our constituents and say, there's a cost to recycling, but it's the right thing to do. I have no problem with that. Um, what, so ultimately, we need, we, we need to do a better job at holding them accountable of that. Uh, we also had a bit of a, you know, there was a bit of a shell game being played. I mean, companies were merging and becoming one and then dissolving and moving, and Palm Beach County was building another waste energy plant and, you know, Lo and behold, ours disappeared, and theirs appeared, and most of the most of the waste coming from one of the companies was not ever being disposed of within our within our county borders. It was going up to uh, Kissimmee St. Cloud, uh, which kudos to them; they had a lot of business up there. Um, but just the whole process, I felt like, as a guy who came from city commission job, as you did you and did you and did Dale, um, it was a little disappointing. It's a little disappointing to know that, you know, we all put our heads down in a city with the exception of a few unincorporated Broward, but we all live in Broward County. And for us to go have these discussions and then start this whole thing off with, and I think Mr. Uh, our council, our chief appellate council, Mr. Myers, was, was, was as good as we were going to get in that process, but to have folks start off with talking about a divorce and, you know, being in a big room and, uh, I don't know how many how many electeds were in there, but most of the most of the cities had more than one uh, elected, maybe the entire dais. Um, and for us not to be able to to work out our differences in, in one room and have to have a second meeting and have a third meeting and committees, and that that's absolute BS. Just same same thing as nine nine one one. You know, at the end of the day, Barbara's right. At the end of the day, somebody's always looking for for, for the adult in the room to pick up the tab. It's not about leadership. That was a word that was used, but. Ultimately, this needs to get done. And I'm frustrated at how that process worked before, but I'm glad we didn't sell the property because they don't, they don't make additional property anymore. You can't go any further into the Everglades and destroy that environment. And, you know, we've got the other 
facility that the county maintains off of 27. Um, there's those little blue dots disappearing. That wasn't that wasn't a mistake. That was that was by design. I mean, that was let's get all the business. We'll transfer it here. We'll transfer it there, and you know it, it doesn't go away. I mean, you can move it from place to place, but eventually it's got to go somewhere. Um, I don't fault any of the any of the the companies. You know, that they're they're acting as a company. Some of them are, you know, some of them, if not most of them, are publicly traded. You know, they they have a duty to their shareholders. And at the end of the day, we need to figure out how to get rid of the waste, and it's not just our responsibility. So, I'm going to support the item with. Uh, Commissioner Sharif's friendly amendment, I hope, uh, that we split this cost. I mean, we're seeing the same thing in the other, other big issue of the day in transportation, and it's all about the split, but there has to be a split. Commissioner Holness. Well, Commissioner Beanfar, I'm ready to crown you king of trash. <laughs> you are hereby crowned the king of trash. <laughs> it, it, you, you, it's a great job. This is important to us. This is important to our community. And, and though we are ambushed with the uh, transportation uh, surtax, I believe we ought to be magnanimous in our approach and not give them the same hand that they gave us. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's about the people we serve, the people of Broward County. And this will have even far re farther reaching effect other, rather, uh, outside of Broward County because it's the environment in which we live on this earth. We must protect it. We must save it for ourselves and for our children and their children. So though I'm not happy that we're going to pick up the 200000 let's show them that we are bigger than they are, that we understand the importance of serving the people that we're elected to serve, that we're, we're supposed to dedicate it to them first. And I believe this is what we ought to do here today. Uh, the timing, we're already in the middle of 2016. 2018, these contracts are out. We need to move to ensure that we uh, pick the slack up. And, 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 and we ought to do more on recycling also. Uh, we're not doing enough. Uh, there's far more that we can do that we're not doing in terms of education, in terms of making it easier. Uh, for folks to be able to recycle and convenient, uh, this will lend to that. And, 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 and I'm going to support you fully on this, uh, including the 200,000. Uh, we can do this. We must do it. It's in our best interest for all the people. We can go back and squabble with these cities because how long is that going to take for us to come to some agreement uh, on that while, while, we're, while we're continually uh, putting stuff back into landfills and destroying the environment in which we live. We, we've got to make this happen. So I'm uh, fully in support of you. Commissioner Ritter. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, when I read this, the first thing I th thought, well, I won't tell you what the first thing I thought was. Um, the second thing I thought was, why are we paying for the whole thing? Um, there are, I think, 21 cities listed in the motion. And as I have been reminded many, many times by these cities, we have a very small percentage of residents who, um, for whom we are their municipal government. So I actually think we should pay our proportional share of the $200,000 
based on the number of residents we actually service rather than even the 50%. Um, and, and I recall many of the um, settlement negotiations on this where the sale of Alpha 250 was a deal breaker. If we didn't agree to the sale of Alpha 250, then they were walking away from the table. I'm glad to see that they um, have realized that, that Ms. Henry was actually right when she kept trying to tell them why Alpha 250 was such an important part um, of the uh, resource recovery, um, such, a, which is such a, a, a major element in resource recovery. Um, I think they should listen to her more often. Um, so I'm <laughs> I, I, supporting this with, with the, the county paying for the whole thing. I just, you know, I, I hear all the time that we have to put our hand out and we have to be um, the bigger, uh, bigger person, organizationally speaking. Um, and it, it just feels like we do that all the time. And, um, and we constantly get that hand slapped, even though we, we and, and I realize that this, is a, that this may be a matter of, look, 90% of, 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 of people's perception is their reality these days. It doesn't matter what they read or what facts you try to, to explain to them. And they're governed by emotion more, more, it seems, than rational thought. So I know there's a lot of emotion still in this. Apparently there's still some wounds from this and other things, but you know, the wounds cut both ways. It isn't just the, they, they perceive the county as doing the cutting and, and, and we perceive the cities as doing the cutting. Um, so I just can't support this if we are paying for the entire cost of this study. We are either in this together or we are not. And if you would like to show that you are in this with us, with Broward's residents, then the best way to show that is by deed, not just by word. And in my opinion, the deed this time is writing a check toward, um, toward the cost of this study. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan. Well, before I speak, we got four votes for uh, Commissioner Farr. I'd like to see, uh, does Commissioner Ryan have any weigh in on this? <laughs> Let's see where Commissioner Ryan's standing on this. Commissioner Bogan, do you yield? Yes, I yield. Yeah, that's an old game. It was a tough negotiation uh, that went on for probably a year to, uh, to reach a settlement. Um, Broward County was very careful to set aside an appropriate amount of money um, in escrow because of the cost for uh, maintenance of the landfills, which may be into perpetuity. Um, so to the county administrator, what's the source of this $200,000? Does it come from this fund that we have set aside to, uh, to pay a maintenance cost for uh, our landfill? There are two, two potential sources. One would be um, the commission's reserve. Then that way I'm not um, in, in any way impacting the solid waste fund. Um, but the other source is the remaining or the remnants of the solid waste fund. The, the amount of money that we've set aside for um, closure, covering closure, um, is, is pulled aside. We're, we're, we're obviously reserving that as part of our statement, so we wouldn't touch that. 
those programs that I showed you where we are um, remain, we are retaining some of the services for those municipalities that wanted to participate with us. Um, obviously, the services cost more than that, but it was important that we that we stay relevant um, for some period of time. So I would not specifically recommend that, but in the end, um, that would be the secondary source. All right, so with that explanation, I support um, uh, Commissioner Sharif's motion that the cost be uh, split 50-50 between the cities and the county uh, for this study. We have uh, two, uh, oh, it's actually Commissioner Bogan still at the queue, so. So, so since, you know, I'd have to ask Commissioner Fur of a friendly amendment to uh, to his motion, and I don't know if council, uh, our county attorney, if there's some way to structure where we put in the amended agreement that upon the sale of Alpha 250, we would be retaining $100,000 in addition for costs back or on the, you know, at some point, so we don't have to go back to the cities now and take more time, we could add, an, add a clause to the amended agreement uh, that would allow us to uh, retain, a, you know, 50% of whatever the cost is back to the county uh, at, at some point when that comes. Uh, Commissioner Fur. Thank you. Um, I think we need to take leadership on this. I, I, I don't want to see this amendment on this for, for numerous reasons. It's taken a long time to get. This is a fragile consensus. No, uh, I will com Commissioner Fur, if I can ask, if uh, I was going to give you the opportunity to close, but Commissioner Sharif still wanted to, to speak. Do you want, I know you were answering Commissioner Bogan's question, but can you hold that thought after Commissioner Sharif speaks? I'm holding it. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Sharif, and then for Commissioner uh, Fur to close, then we'll entertain motions. Um, see, Commissioner Fur, the reason why you can put this stuff on this agenda and present it is because you, didn't, you weren't here during the back and forth, and you weren't privy to what they were saying. When this was sold um, from the perspective of the uh, leadership at the city level, to the county and the back and forth on this and the compromise, everybody kept saying, you know what, you should vote for this because it would be that olive branch that we need. It would be that compromise that would make our relationships that much better. If you settle it, this would show that you have a good faith toward make, turning around the relationships with the cities. This was sold to me every single time that this was put in front of me. And every single time I kept saying, you know what? It's not about that. It is about taking <coughs> leadership in terms of what the future looks like for waste disposal in Broward County. And it continued and it continued until they said, well, you know what? If you don't give us Alpha 250, it's a deal breaker. So we acquiesced against all of the experts that had come in and said, you know what, you need to hold this land, you need to hold back on this because you don't know what's going to happen with these private companies that you're depending on, you need to hold off. And the city said, no, we're moving forward. And what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't, I don't think my position doesn't have anything to do with um, not taking leadership. It's about taking responsibility, and responsibility is the best characteristic and trait to have in leadership. And so what I am saying is I am not willing to put myself and put this county back on the line again for the cities to make a fool of us again. This every single time that they want their water carried, they come to this county to carry it. And I am saying take responsibility, be a leader in your own right. Share in the cost of the study to make Alpha 250 whatever it is you want to make it. 
or my it's a no for me. And I think we have enough to go that way. And I'm, I'm trying, I think a, a, the friendly amendment that you're going to get today is as a result of that. I, I think, um, Commissioner Furr, with all due respect, we have been pushed to our limit with this uh, waste um, disposal agreement. So that's where I'm at. Um, uh, before we go, um, folks are signing up on the queue again, so I'll go back to Commissioner okay. Furr and then Commissioner Bogan uh, okay. after Furr. The um, well, he can go. Yeah, I'll let Commissioner well, why don't we, Furr. Why don't we take up the, the amendment? Well, let, let me. We let me. Let me speak. Is let me thing. say I one mean, thing before. It only takes one no vote for that entire that entire thing that we've just put together to go backwards. If one city says no, I'm not going to do that. The whole thing gets sold. Right. I don't want to risk that. It, you know what? It's not worth the risk. This is this two hundred thousand dollars is worth it. We put together an entire plan. This is the the county needs to take the lead. This is for our overall benefit. It's, it's you know, we, we all represent all the same residents. This is an overall plan that gives an entire overview of where we're going now in the future. The landscape has changed tremendously in less than two years in terms of the way who has bought what, what facilities have closed. If one city says they, they don't want to do that, the whole thing falls apart and then you don't have land to do an entire recycling center in this county. Where are you going to put it? So I'm not, I don't think it is, I think it is crazy to, to risk that. It doesn't make sense. And I know I, I was privy to a lot of it, even though I wasn't here. I was, I was on the city commission when the RRB was going through all that. I, I pushed very hard for that not to, to go the way it did. And I think lots of things were said that didn't come to pass, that a lot of cities thought were going to come to pass that didn't come to pass. There's some regret there because they didn't realize so much stuff was going to get landfilled. They don't like where it has gone. They have a chance to change that vote that they took in 2013 when they went with, with haulers that said they were going to be doing a lot of recycling and aren't going to do it. They, see, they have had the, the benefit of two or three years now of experience of seeing what has happened. That says a lot. The fact that those, those cities are recognizing, you know what, some things aren't exactly what we thought it was going to be, and now it makes sense to try to come back around. What's going to need to happen here is probably a, a, a recreation of some kind of an ILA. At that point, they will, I, they will have to come up with the cost because it's going, to re, it's going to require the tipping fees from each one of those cities to pay for that. And the, and the county's responsibility on that is going to be very small. So to put so on the back end of this, there's going to be a tremendous responsibility on the cities to help put this together. On the on the front end, we're putting up with money. On the back end, the cities are going to have to be responsible for this. So I ask you, do not risk this fragile consensus for the small amount of money. We need to get this. We need to get this accomplished. We need to we need to hold on to that Alpha 250 for the long view. Put. This is where we can have a recycling center, and it's not worth risking it. So I strongly encourage you to, to pass this as it is. It took a long time to get to this point. It took, it took numerous meetings and a vote that required all the cities to be on board, and I don't want to risk losing any of those because, I, like I said, again, you lose, you lose one, you lose them all. There are just uh, two more people on the queue, but I'm the only one that hasn't spoken. I just wanted to uh, publicly lend my support to what Commissioner Furr is um, 
is requesting and the reason being I would like I truthfully would like the cities to share in the costs but I think you make a very good point that if um, we require that there is a chance that this won't go through and I, I personally believe it wouldn't be in the best interest of Broward County residents um, if this does not get through so I would uh, support what you recommended um, Commissioner Bogan then Commissioner yep. Sharif Vice Mayor Sharif Commissioner Ryan Commissioner Rare I'm gonna want to see if I can persuade you otherwise and Commissioner Lamarca I think I've given up on Commissioner Sharif uh, in, in, uh, in coming over to the to the bright side not the dark side um, I think a lot of this is has to do you guys were involved where Commissioner Fur and I weren't here but what happened in the past is the past we're looking at the future and if you looked at her numbers of what is going on right now, it's compelling. Um, you know, if no one's going to be a leader, so we're we just going to say, okay, we're just going to give up. I think Commissioner Fur is correct. We need to be the leader in this because of what has to be done by 2020. Um, no one's doing it. And, you know, Commissioner Sharif talks about they're making a fool of us. I, I, you know, I think that I, you know, that's her characterization. I don't agree with it. What happened in the past is the past. We have a need. And it needs to be taken care of. And this motion, you know, we're talking about a hundred grand now out of a four billion dollar budget. You're talking about a hundred grand because if we're splitting the costs, we're talking now a hundred grand. And, and this is for the needs of all people in the county. So I hope you know, Commissioner Lamarca, one of you guys will will consider switching over to the light side and uh, and uh, join us uh, to pass this motion. Thank you. There's a, one more person on the queue. It's uh, Commissioner Sharif, and then I think after Commissioner Sharif speaks, we should entertain some motions. Okay. So let me tell you about the dark side. So the dark side comes after the $200,000 is spent. Because the dark side is thinking about who's going to pay for the recycling plan. Who's going to pay for it to be operated? Who's going to pay for the cost associated with it? So that's going to come right back to the dark side. That's this dais, right? And they're going to look for us to spend millions and millions of dollars to pay for that recycling plan. And let me just tell you something about letting bygones. Who's going to pay for it? Where's the money going to come from? Ms. Henry, where does the money come from for this recycling plant? If we agree to pay $200,000 for Alpha 250 study, Where's the money for the recycling plant going to come from? Uh, I think that's where Commissioner Furr is indicating that the largest share of that responsibility would have to come from the cities. Yeah, because it would. It would not However, the largest share, the count, they would still have to come back to the county for more money, right? We would. We, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. I know. They would still have to come back here. I, I would. I would. I would hope not. I would hope that our share See, would be limited to that which is the municipal, no, I'm not which is the uh, MSD, the unincorporated area, and um, mm -hmm. that that truly is a shared responsibility. Correct. My my point is is that I'm not I'm not just bitter. I'm not being upset. I'm not just upset about this. I think that it's about accountability and responsibility. So don't tell me that, okay, you go pay for the $200,000 study after I messed up, and I'm going to promise you that I'm going to pay for my fair share of it. We've never gotten that kind of cooperation. No, I'm, I, I'm just being realistic. Um, I have to I have to be realistic up here, and I have to bring a voice of reason, even if it's from the dark side, Commissioner Bogan. I'm bringing the dark side forward. 
This is the reality that we face every time we enter in an agreement. This is not just $200,000 that we're talking about. And I don't want this to be categorized or classified in the public as just a $200,000 deal because that would sound quite petty. This is millions and millions of dollars and this is a responsibility over the next coming years that we must understand that we might have to partake in at a larger level if we can't get that participation from the cities. And so I'm still on the dark side, I'm still a no. And I'm going to stay there. And uh, I get uh, Commissioner Ryan. All right, so um, Commissioner Sharif, you make the motion that the cost be split. Um, I will second the motion with the comment that uh, this discussion, uh, Commissioner Fur, is the beginning. Um, if we are going to work together and put together a, uh, an agreement between the cities or among the cities and the county, we're going to need to have good faith negotiations on both sides. Uh, the county has a right of first refusal to purchase Alpha, Alpha 250 based upon um, whatever the appraised value is. And then what its use will be, whether it's a trash transfer station or recycling, will be have to be part of ongoing negotiations. So I think it sets a bad precedent that the county comes in and, and, and sets uh, forward a statement that the county will be responsible for all of the monetary contributions when we ought to be working together. So with that, I'm in support of the motion. The motion having been made and seconded. Oh, there, sorry, Mayor. That's okay. You're, that. you're very good at it. There, there, there's been a motion and second to split uh, the cost of, of, the, um, uh, of the study. Uh, is there a discussion on the motion? Commissioner Furr. I think the, the time element of this is, needs to be considered because trying to figure out how much does every city pay, what, what percentage, trying to figure out all that is... When you, when you start to think of time, and the, here's, the, here's, where, the, here's the timeline I'm looking at. 13 of the contracts that the cities have are up in 2018. Back that out, that means the RFPs would be going out probably early 2017. Okay, now, you're, now, you're, now that leaves us with about six months, six to nine months, to try to figure out, and for cities to figure out, are they going to re-up their option with Sun Bergeron? which at this point, nobody even knows what that means. They don't know if that means their garbage is going to Palm Beach. They don't know if it's going to Arcadia. They don't know if it's going to Northern Florida. And, and cities don't know what that means. So here now you, you have six months. That's why I'm, I push for this. Uh, like I said earlier, I didn't want this to be on the, as, a, as a supplemental. I wanted to have time for this. But I also recognize the need that there is a limited amount of time. Now, if this has this already has to go to every city one by one to pass, and like I said, one city says no, they're all gone, and they're going on break too, and they're going on weeks. break. So weeks. all of this has to happen within within a very short time frame. It really has to happen before summer break, before county summer break, and before between before city breaks. That's usually July. How much time that is to figure out all those numbers, what is each one going to pay, and have that. Then you're going to have 31 cities arguing with each other how much they should pay. I, I, I absolutely understand the idea and, and the, um, the sentiment of wanting to have cost sharing. I think there's plenty of opportunities for that later. For, for when, you, when you start to put an ILA together, when you start to look at you know, how, what the tipping fees are, that are going to have to pay for a plant. 
All those things, there's numerous opportunities to, to do that. This is not the time to take that, that valuable time that, that, that is, is precious at this point to, to uh, give each of the cities and us to know where we're going with this. So I, I, I strongly urge not to vote for that and to go ahead and take this, take this resolution as is. Do you want to make a substitute motion to the amendment? No, my, my, I, I don't want to accept that the amendment as it is. I want, I want oh. it to stay exactly the way it is because that is what, and, and let me be perfectly clear, those cities listened to exactly what was going to be put on this. They voted for exactly that. They, and that was a, not an easy vote for them to get that far. So they, they got that far with the, with the wording as it is and no substitution. So I think it needs to go forward exactly the way it is because that's the way they voted on it and that's what we had talked about in, in, in all of the uh, prior meetings with all of the elected officials. So uh, with that said, there's been a motion and a second to pass this item with uh, the cities and the county splitting the cost of the study. Um, all those in favor, uh, signify by saying aye. Aye. Uh, all opposed? Show the item, show the amendment fails. So now we're back on the uh, regular item number 41, motion to approve. Is there a motion? Let me. It's 44. Yeah, it, it's 44. It, it, it fails. If I may, uh, our, our county administrator said there's two sources of funds. Uh, and could we split the cost between those two funds, county administrator? Could we take half the money from one and half from the other? Is that appropriate or just leave it to you to figure out where it comes from? You, you could certainly um, pull the money from any one of those two sources all at once. So uh, I, they're, they're both county sources. Okay. That's what to clarify. Yeah, yeah I understand. What, what I'd probably say is that we, the, to, to just add to your motion, that we take the funding half from the, the uh, reserve and half from or uh, money left over from the uh, split up of the uh, R RLB. Yes. And that would be my motion. No, we, we're still paying the whole thing. But we... Yeah, okay. There, so there has been a uh, motion and a second along with Commissioner Holness's, uh, uh, I, I guess, uh, amendment as to where to take the, the funds from. All in favor, uh, please raise your hand. Aye. All opposed? Show it fails four to four. Now I What's that? Oh yeah. Now I um, I mean if uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off if it's okay this way. I believe this is an incredibly important item, and I don't like to see it failing. I was on the prevailing side of the beginning one, so I'd like to make a motion to reconsider uh, Commissioner Sharif's uh, proposed amendment. There's been a motion, oh, Commissioner Sharif. There's been a motion and a second. Yeah, it's just a motion to reconsider. Motion to reconsider. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Aye.
No, I, I can he do was. it. I was on that one. On was, the, uh, it, well, it, it was a tie. It was a tie, so it would be the provincial. Yeah. So exactly, you split the cost 50 Yeah, I just was, said 50 it, It's better than nothing. Right now, it's all dead. So uh, I, yeah, I, um, I move it. Okay, do I have a second? Second. Okay, all those in favor of splitting the cost 50 50, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Opposed. Let the record show that that passes 6 to 2. Um, with that said, we are uh, now moving on to the mayor's report. Um, the first thing I just want to do is, of course, congratulate Commissioner Ritter. It's been a true pleasure to serve with you over the past number of years. And, um, you know, uh, and I think that you're going to make our county very proud as our tourism director. Um, also, uh, it's now almost hurricane season. That starts on June 1st. So, and I just wanted to let the public know on May 14th from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., we're going to have a hurricane preparedness open house at the African-American Research Library and Cultural Center, which is located at 2656 Trunk Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I encourage all Broward County residents to attend so they can uh, learn about preparing for uh, our hurricanes and to protect themselves and their family. Um, I'm sure Commissioner Lamarck will be talking about Fleet Week and uh, about, uh, uh, you know, about, well, I'll just say I thought Fleet Week and the air show was a, as always a very big success for Broward County. They're both very big economic engines, and I think we were very blessed to have, especially in Fleet Week, the thousands of uh, folks that serve us valiantly in both the Navy, the Coast Guard, and the Marines here. Um, and finally, I just want to congratulate um, Cooper City Mayor Greg Ross as he was sworn in this weekend as new president of the Broward League of Cities. Uh, so with that said, we're going to this time be starting with Commissioner Furr. Do you have any non-agenda? Uh, just a couple. I, do, I also want to congratulate Stacy. I think, I think it's a great pick. I think you'll do a great job there. I think you get all the skills that are necessary, and I think we're fortunate to have you on there. Um, I'm going to make a last-ditch effort to solicit companies for the, my next move. Uh, May 21st, those companies that want to come in and if they have jobs available, um, we've, got a, we've got 400 high school students waiting to hear from them. I didn't mention it today, but I, was, I thank you all for the support on the USDA, uh, adding that to the legislative package with regard to the, uh, I think that's where we were as a consensus, um, that I think everybody recognized that, that uh, the root of the problem was uh, lousy rules and lousy enforcement from the USDA with regard to commercial breeders. So. I think that was a good pass. And then lastly, I think with regard to the, uh, we, you know, we had a uh, uh, vote by the MPO earlier. I think we're going to have to figure out with regard to infrastructure what it is we want uh, and whether or not we want to encourage them to, there to be a sunset on that, on that uh, vote or on that, on that um, legislation that would allow for us at some point and allow for cities to take care and, and us take care of the infrastructure that we that we need and then think in terms of what's a good time frame for people for cities and county to get their infrastructure done and then look toward uh, when it, when we would do the transportation tax and sunset the, the, that one I think that's the, I think that's the way we should be trying to look at it I don't know if the anybody else is looking at it that way I don't know if the other cities are looking at it but I think that would make sense so uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have a lot of time um, before now and when we have to get ballot language and, when, and before we have to decide what we put on there as what we, we will be using, using our money for. So somewhere there needs to be a meeting at some point fairly soon, I think, for us to be able to discuss that. So I would look forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Ritter, 
Uh, Commissioner Ryan. I just want to remind my colleague uh, about a small gift of Major League Baseball memorabilia. And uh, Commissioner Bogan, if you will remember to declare the gift for uh, that Cubs <laughs> merchandise that you received. For the record, it was a Cracker Jack box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, this, this, this man is insane. But, uh. <laughs> Vice Mayor Sharif. Okay, first of all, I'd like to say that we have some very bright, phenomenal children out there in our community. I had the pleasure of being chosen to attend the leadership breakfast at Nova University School in Davie. I was interviewed by fifth graders, Daniel Kathian and Jake Lewin on leadership principles and traits. And these kids asked some phenomenal questions. I gotta tell you, they have a future in reporting if they want it. Um, I participated in a career day at Robert B. Ingram Elementary School. Um, had a great time with the kids. And then um, on May the 7th and the 8th, I made sure that I attended the air show, um, the Fort Lauderdale air show with my children. I saw Commissioner LaMarca out there. It was like a big family reunion, lots of fun. It was an incredible um, day. Both days had great weather and the beach was packed and um, it was exactly what we wanted and what we needed. And I just uh, wanna say that this was just an amazing event. On Wednesday, May 18th, we will hold the fourth annual Autism in Flight at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, also known as Broward County Airport. JetBlue will be the airline partner and provider. Um, each year we have more students participate in the program and I really appreciate the cooperation and coordination with the school board and the aviation department. Um, Kent George did a phenomenal jo job of um, uh, advocating for this program along with myself and, um, and, and school board member Patty Good and uh, it's just been great, and um, you can look around our community and see the difference um, in our children that are diagnosed with autism. The uh, last thing that I want to talk about is something that is, is really quite important and, and, and very near and dear to my heart. I had a mother of, of th two children. Her name is Michelle James. She's 37-year-old. She's a 37-year-old Jamaican female who was hit by a car on Sunday in the city of Miramar. She was walking across the street. She's in critical care um, in a medically induced coma as of yesterday at the ho at Memorial Hospital. She had a three and a five year old child with her and no one has come forth so far to, to um, claim uh, her or the children. And um, we are there right now looking to see if she has any family members out there. And I'm just hoping that you can keep her in your thoughts and in your prayers. I know I, I missed the moment of silence today, but um, this is really a, quite a serious situation because right now it appears that she was here alone. Um, so I've reached out to our Jamaican community to make sure that they get the word back to Jamaica. But here, um, I, I can't imagine that she was here all by herself. And so I'm hoping that um, we can, uh, through these announcements, her name is Michelle James. She's 37 year old. She's a Jamaican female. And she was hit by a car on Sunday. And if anybody is listening or seeing this that know of somebody of, um, with her name, maybe you can um, check on her and see if she's okay. Thank you. Commissioner LaMarca. I saw your Facebook. I was trying to figure out, did you bring half the children one day and half the other? Or? All the children. She pointed out I got way too much sun on the first day, so I didn't go oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was Mother's Day, so. Um, I, I also missed the moment of silence. I don't know if we, I, if we um, made an announcement that um, one we all, unfortunately, I think all knew 
uh, was coming, but uh, Patrick Flynn from the Museum of Discovery and Science uh, succumbed to ALS, which we know is a uh, hor horrible disease. And uh, Patrick was uh, was from from New York, uh, educated in New York Manhattan College, and came down and was with the Opera Guild and Symphony in Miami, and uh, spent 27 years there. Uh, then spent his next seven years uh, bringing our Museum of Discovery and Science to the uh, preeminence that it is now in the construction and re, uh, remodeling and all that, and he retired in 2014, but uh, Patrick was a, a pillar for our uh, arts and culture community, and his, his son, uh, Elliot, uh, will carry on his good name, and uh, we just, it's terrible, but uh, wanted to make sure that that was out there. Um, had the good fortune of joining Commissioner Holness, Commissioner Ritter, and... Mark Gale, our airport director, along with some of our CBB folks and the JetBlue folks as we opened the route to Nashville. And I heard that Commissioner Ritter has a bit of a southern twang. Maybe she was doing the North Carolina thing before she was doing the Vermont thing. I don't know, but, uh, but no. Um, it, was, it was excellent, but uh, what, was, what was even neater was to sneak over to the airport after that and uh, on, only if he got eight or nine out of nine possible stars at school. My nephew, Gage, who goes to Christ Church School in, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, met us out at the FBO and was able to see the F-35 come in. And um, it's the first time they ever landed the, the United States military, landed the F-35 Lightning II, which was that black plane that ultimately flew in the air show with the P-51 Mustang. And uh, he enjoyed it, which was which the interesting thing was Dave Mutwani, who's putting on the air show, Brian Lilly, who's the promoter of the air show, myself and the airport director were not allowed to go see the plane, but the pilot got out of the F-35 and took my nephew over to see it. Maybe he didn't think he'd remember anything, but it's, it's, it was kept in kind of secret quarters uh, while it was here in one of the hangars. But uh, when that plane flew with the Mustang, I wasn't so much in awe of this joint strike fighter that's going to be ultimately uh, the, the air, air support of choice, uh, for 26 uh, allied nations and, and countries, uh, but I was in awe of the P-51 Mustang that was flying around because uh, that was the plane that uh, my good friend Leo Gray and uh, the Tuskegee Airmen were finally given to help us uh, with the rest of the airmen in World War II basically uh, destroy evil in the world and fascism and Nazism and anything else that was imperialism that was going on at that time, and that was that plane. It wasn't... Uh, this stealth fighter. So, uh, kudos to the folks who pulled off the the perfect air show, perfect weather. Commissioner Ritter, that's going to be a little bit of your responsibility moving forward as a chamber weather. Um, on on the on the issue of you, I want to I want to encourage you, and I'm hoping that uh, if you're going to be working in the uh, at the CBB at the convention center, that you would choose the east side of the bridge, not the west side of the bridge, where Commissioner Ryan represents, um, to live. <laughs> Anyway, I uh, wanted, wanted to give a shout-out to, to Alan Garcia when I read the, uh, the award uh, for the North Regional Wastewater Treatment Plant. Uh, our main consultant, Hazen and Sawyer, that's there, but also Alan, both Alan Garcia along with his, his team, uh, team Mark uh, Darmanin, John Kay, Cliff Clive Haynes, Ralph Alicio, Prasad Becerra, Medicine Philip, Naveen Mahan, Serene Chang, <clears throat> Jerry Baker, Dolly Gorley, <coughs> excuse me, John Paniccia, and the entire staff <coughs> at WW 
asset in our northern water uh, water uh, wastewater treatment plant. They, it was a it was a uh, big award, and I wanted to make sure they got a little bit of kudos. There was a letter to the editor a while back um, in the Sun Sentinel about Broward should fight to keep cruise convention, which I know we're going to do, especially. Commissioner Ritter here, hearing this, but Global Sea Trade was Sea Trade uh, Global Conference was an excellent conference. I think we have it for another year. We'd love to have it as long as possible. One of the issues this person pointed out was there was a parking overflow issue, but I've uh, done a CR and reached out to, to staff, and I believe that the parking for that area is going to go from the port uh, responsibility over to the CBB. So I know we'll fix that. So if anybody's listening from that, uh, we will definitely get on it. Um, last night I had the opportunity to to take part in an MC, a, uh, an important event that, uh, again, we had uh, Mayor Fort Lauderdale, Mayor Seiler, and Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz for this ceremony, along with the heads of all Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, and Army recruiting in, in South Florida. And we had uh, about 100 young uh, Broward County seniors graduating and raising their right hand at the same time to go into the Armed Forces of the United States. And it's a tremendous honor, but we, what we do, it's called our Community Salutes. And Peter Kaspari is the engine behind it, but we represent <clears throat> that we will keep in contact with and support the parents while these kids are in training or, or whatever the armed forces brings for them. But uh, I heard a new number yet last night that was very impressive about the types of kids who are going in the armed forces, and they, they are the brightest and the best. And in some, in some cases, they are kids that uh, were accepted in the University of Florida Florida State or a, a, one of our uh, excellent state universities uh, or even a, uh, Ivy League schools. And they have, uh, there have been more than one kid that I've talked to that has decided to do this first. And three out of 10 will get the opportunity uh, to move forward. Only one out of 10 will end up serving uh, a long career. Uh, so kudos to them. And I wanted to also share, there's a after school program in Pompano Beach called the Pelican Soar Program. And a young lady who I went to high school with years ago had me come speak, and all these great little cards were from these kids, oh, and we brought them uh, some parks and recreation, gave me some blue frame sunglasses. They, they all thought, wrote about those in their cards, but they were from kindergarten through fifth grade, and uh, they, give, they give people like me hope that there are future leaders out there that are, that are going to do just fine. And uh, again, Commissioner Sharif was at the air show. It was excellent, but uh, Fleet Week was an entire week. Uh, where I think, Stacey, you got on one of the ships. Marty, you jumped on one. Uh, Representative Moritis, you know, God love him, being a submarine officer and going to Annapolis, but he, he, was, uh, he was dumb enough to jump back on one out at sea. And it, they're not easy to get on. Think about that thing is round, and, you know, so they have to kind of catch you and get you on there. But um, we had the, uh, the Baton, which is a, a, a fighting ship for the Marines and the, and the Navy. Basically, it's a... Uh, uh, a ship that brings the Navy or brings the, the ship close to shore and allows for uh, the Marines to, to get on shore. We had two destroyers, the Cole and the Bainbridge, both having been uh, uh, christened here in Port Everglades and the USS California, which was a nuclear submarine along with our, our, our neighbors uh, from Miami, the Coast Guard. But they really did have a good time. And li literally out of all the places that the Navy and Marines and, and uh, the sea services, including the Coast Guard, can go, uh, they've constantly said that Fort Lauderdale is their, is their, is their port of choice. Uh, they had plenty of things to do, uh, both entertaining and also service and community work. So uh, 
please, when you see Marianne Gray or anyone with, uh, with Broward Navy Days and Fleet Week, anybody in one of our uh, Navy Leagues, thank them for, for their service to, to this and the county. Uh, thanks again for the bus service. They did a great job. Great job, and I, and I think that Commissioner Ritter's repertoire of accents is going to serve our community well going forward. <laughs> so, Commissioner Holness. Congratulations, Commissioner Ritter. I'm hoping that we can work together to take tourism beyond the sands and engage your rich cultural diversity that exists in, in Broward County to enhance the product. Pro, uh, programs like Destination Sistrunk, that you know I'm working on with our Convention and Visitors Bureau and our cultural department, where we tie the history of that Northwest community into cultural uh, and bring uh, tourism into that area so that we can ensure that tourism benefits all our communities, especially through contracting opportunities and ownership, not just merely working in a hotel room making beds. We've got to look to see how we engage communities such as the Sistrunk area in this rich opportunity of 15 million visitors uh, coming to Broward County, uh, oftentimes not going anywhere near there. This is a program that we could utilize to help to bring people into that community so some of those dollars can be spread throughout Broward County. Mayor, you mentioned uh, hurricane preparedness. Uh, it's going to be uh, one of my gems in my district, the African American Research Library and Cultural Center, uh, truly a destination. I was there uh, this Friday evening for uh, Destination Friday. And we celebrated uh, the cultural, uh, the music, the food of people from Haiti. Uh, it was really a great uh, occasion. We've done that for Cuba, Brazil, uh, Italy. That's a program that we could enhance also and, and, and use that as a draw to bring folks within this community. It's well attended. I think there were probably about 500 people there this Friday evening. So on Saturday, May 14, 10 a.m. to 12.30, uh, the Hurricane Preparedness Program is there. I just want to mention some of the things that you'll be able to uh, learn and things that you could participate in. You'll learn how to prepare your family, pets, and home for a hurricane, what to do before, during, and after a storm, services available to those with special needs or who are at risk, how to register for important emergency services now, before the storm comes. How to receive emergency alerts. And there's fun for the entire family. Giveaways including uh, emergency prepare, pre preparedness kits. Uh, there you can explore fire trucks, police vehicles, an emergency management mobile command unit, raffle drawings, free snacks, be a great uh, event. Uh, so we can prepare Saturday, May 14th, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the African American Research Library at 2650 Sistrunk Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale. Also, on Saturday, May 14th, One Community Partnerships will have Wellness Day in recognition of Mental Health Awareness Month at Central Broad Regional Park and Stadium located at 3700 Northwest 11th Place in Lauderdale, another one of the gems in my district. The whole family is invited to enjoy 
meditation, yoga, basketball, kickball, and more. One Community Partnership is a collaborative initiative of Broad and the Broad Behavioral Coalition. Broad County was awarded a federal grant for OCP2 and as a result are able to provide these types of events for the public. On Saturday, May 15th, the 22nd annual Unifest returns to the city of Lauderdale Lakes, Vincent Torres Park, located at 4331 Northwest 36th Street in Lauderdale Lakes. Unifest will run from 12 noon to 11 p.m. There will also be a kid zone, a battle of the marching bands, the, turn, the third annual Teen Sensation Contest. It's beautiful. Young people come out and uh, show their talents. There'll be live concerts, international artists, great food, and fun. Commissioner Bogan. I just want to congratulate Commissioner Ritter on her appointment. I think you'll do a great job. And um, I have nothing else. Ms. Henry. You've covered it all. Awesome. Ms. Coffey. Mr. Lukic. This is perfect. It is 1227 before 1230, so I won't hear anything from any of you all that this ran late. See you all back at 2 o'clock.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Broward County Commission. My name is Marty Kerr. I'm our county's mayor. I'll tell you, this is very exciting. Before many of our public hearings, we get to uh, honor so many of the wonderful, hardworking people that, that work every single day for Broward County. And so I'm very excited. Ms. Henry and I are going to go down there and, uh, and honor many of, I think, 30-some-odd employees today uh, for some incredible, incredible uh, uh, work that they've done. So I'm coming down. And thank you all for being here, by the way. And Ms. Henry, can all the employees have the rest of the day off? Is that, is it, it's a, okay. I tried, I tried. Good morning, commissioners. We, or afternoon, sorry about that. Today we are celebrating uh, employees who have given us 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, and yes, 45 years of service. So we're going to start with those celebrating 20 years of service, beginning with Barbara Blake Boy. Hey, Barbara! With environmental licensing and building permit. So well deserved. This is yours. Come on in. A new pose. I like the thumbs up. That's good. Thanks, Hip. Good to see you. He looks better in that chair than I do, doesn't he? You know? Rosemary Fallon with Housing, Finance, and Community Redevelopment. Michael Hernan and Michael is with Parks and Rec. Larry Holland and Larry's with libraries. 
Congratulations. Luisa Rosado um, from Public Communications. Marlies uh, Seely and Marlies is with Water and Wastewater Services. Hey, Marlies. So the good news is I get to call um, this um, person by their nickname, Matt Elizabeth Scaria. Evangeline Calus, and she uh, she's with Planning and Development Management. Lopez from Transit. Celebrating 25 years of service, we have David Stouffer from ETS. from Pollution Prevention.
Cheryl Hamilton. 25 years. 25 years. All right, Cheryl. And Cheryl is with Water and Wastewater Services. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, celebrating 30 years of service. Clifford Chance with Highway and Bridge Maintenance. Leonard Cohen and Leonard's with purchasing. From Port Everglades, Roberta. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Robert Irwin. Robert. Margaret Hall from Port Everglades. So you guys were hired together? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for what you did. Stephen Matula from Facilities Maintenance. <laughs> I 
Charmaine Miller. Charmaine is with Regional Communications and Technology. William Rodemick at Parks and Recreation. Okay, also celebrating 30 years, Cindy Wang from Records, Taxes, and Treasury. Charles Wiki from Pollution and Control, Pollution Prevention and Control. Sandra Collingsworth from the Medical Examiner's Office. from transit. James Lyons, Port Everglades.
Conrad Strong from Port Everglades. is also from Port Everglades. Everglades. two employees celebrating 35 years, beginning with David Heisinger from Highway Construction and Engineering. This has got to be the best party of the job. Okay, Desolin and Lede from Port of, um, I'm sorry, Facilities Management. Celebrating 40 years, we have Melzar Gibbs from Fleet Services.
oh, by the way, his name is Brett Kemper. <laughs> And I'm sorry, Brett is with libraries. Brett Kemper.
Hey everybody, if it's uh, if it's all right, we gotta. Uh, if you can keep on moving out of the room, if you're not gonna stay. It's true. <laughs> it's. I guess we're gonna. Be, yeah, you think? All right, everybody. Well, it, it is good to see everybody. That was very exciting. Uh, before we start the public hearing, we actually have two proclamations today. Um, the first is uh, the P3 challenge, and it's going to be presented to a whole array of folks uh, by uh, Commissioner Beamfer. P3 challenge. You'll, you'll hear what that's about in just a minute, Mark. <laughs> um, thank you, Mayor. And before I start, I want to ask a, a number of people to come up with to, to help me on this. Guy Barmaha from uh, the school board. Uh, he's also, you're also on the Climate Change Task Force, right? Yeah. Uh, Don Miller-Walker from the Environmental Conservation Organization. Deandra Salcido and Brianna Madrid from Whole Foods Market. Clint and Courtney Bridges from the Everglades Holiday, Holiday Park. Patricia Carney and Janine Wheatgrave from Hazen and Sawyer. Doug Young, James Hale Flores from South Florida Audubon, and Grant Campbell, he's here as well, okay. Uh, Victor Suarez from Broward County Environmental Protection. And what, what thank, thank you all for being here today. And what we're going to be doing is a proclamation. These are a lot of people that are helping uh, keep our environment uh, safe and hopefully safe into the future. Um, let's see who else we got here, okay. Whereas the Broward County Board of County Commissioners and the School Board of Broward County have a shared commitment to provide environmental initiatives that support resource sustainability through various environmental partnership agreements, and whereas the Environmental Conservation Organization, a local nonprofit organization, other environmental organizations, and local businesses share the same dedication to promote environmental sustainability through educational objectives, and whereas the Broward County Board of County Commissioners through its environmental protection and growth management, transportation and public works departments, along with public and private partners, recognize the importance of these collective efforts to ensuring the long-term sustainability of our natural resources. And whereas the P3, this is for you, Mark, preserving our planet for prosperity, uh, EcoChallenge recognizes the rewards Broward County Public Schools, teachers, students, administrators, and volunteers for their efforts to learn about and implement environmentally sustainable measures and green initiatives within their schools and communities. Uh, 
And whereas these measures and educational initiatives also support energy savings, greenhouse and gas emission reductions, and carbon sequestration in furtherance of the county's climate change initiatives and policies, and whereas partners and co-sponsors for the fourth annual P3 Eco Challenge Award Ceremony event to be held tomorrow, right? May 11th, yeah. Uh, 2016 at Long Key Nature Center include the Broward County Board of County Commissioners, the School Board of Broward County, the Environmental Conservation Organization, Whole Foods, the National Wildlife Federation, JM Family, Clint M. Bridges, Hazen and Sawyer, the South Florida Audubon Society, the Marine Industries Association of South Florida, Bedrock Information Systems, and FIU School of Environment, Arts and Society. And whereas through these activities, the fourth annual P3 Eco Challenge Awards recognition program recognizes the achievements of the school community in supporting environmental sustainability and stewardship. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County that the board thanks the sponsors supporting the fourth annual P3 Eco Challenge recognition ceremony, encourages Broward County schools and residents to support the long-term sustainability of our environment by implementing practices at home and work and celebrates the fourth annual P3 Eco Challenge Awards and Recognition Ceremony on May 11th, 2016 at Long Key Nature Center. And I will say last year, they had some great ideas. A lot of good ideas came through the school board and I, and I think one of them had actually brought down their entire rate of what their electricity was like by half um, in the school and was and they were I think monitoring it through FPNL and that was a good business pro, uh, model that the I think many businesses have started to look at. So a great great job, great challenge. And anybody like to speak? Okay. <laughs> thank you, Mayor and, and Vice Mayor and Commissioners. And on behalf of Broward County School Board, we want to thank you for your partnership at the P3 Eco Challenge. Thank all of our sponsors as well. I know we're dedicated to environmental stewardship education. We can we're committed to that throughout our school district, and we want to thank all of our partners and and helping us with that charge. Uh, so thank you for all the donations and all the money. And we couldn't do it without Dr. Herado's team with Victor and Rudy actually going in the schools and helping out and actually teaching our students and our teachers how to be environmental stewards. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you. We're also especially lucky today to receive a huge check for, for making this happen. I want to ask um, who's here from Whole Foods? You're going to present the check? And this, wow. the check is going to be um, accepted by Victor Suarez, Don Miller Walker, and Guy Balmaha. So, big check for how much? $11,000. Oh. Flip it, flip it. Turn around. $712.26. Oh. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a big check. Very nice. Hi everyone, my name is Deandra Salcedo. Um, I'm with Whole Foods Market. And this check is out after we held a 5% day, which at Whole Foods Market we hold four or 5% days a year where 5% of our sales go to a nonprofit. And this just really solidifies our support for the P3 Eco Challenge over the last several years. And it was a combined effort between our shoppers and our team members at the Davie and the Pembroke Pines location. So we look forward to really continuing to support this money helps to fund their programming and also help to offset the cost of their award ceremony tomorrow. So thank you very much for your partnership. Um, and
thank you for shopping at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> thank you. And Doug, I don't think we've mentioned you, do you from, from Audubon. Thank, I, you weren't on my list, but I'm glad. To, oh, you were. Okay. Okay, great. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Hey, Doug. Right? Okay, thanks. Should we do a picture? Yeah. A big one? Okay. Yeah, come on in. All right. We'll do one in here. Well, we have uh, one more proclamation, and this one is kind of near and dear to my heart. And I'd like to invite um, Andrew Lenowski and his son, uh, Scott, my, one of my best friends alive, who also works in our office up here as well, his wife, his much better half, Barbara, and trust me about that, she's a much better half, and his wonderful children, Caden and Addie, who um, I almost consider like my nephew and my niece. And I wanted to bring them up because this proclamation is something that is very important. Before Scott had Caden, uh, and by the way, his middle name is Wade. We're, they're big Heat fans. He was actually actually named Dwayne Wade, you know. Uh, and thank God for Dwayne Wade last night, by the way. Um, before they, they had Caden, uh, I didn't exactly know what apraxia was. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, it was something that was very foreign to me. And then um, after he had Caden and Caden began to develop, they realized that he had uh, apraxia. And what apraxia is, it, in a way, is Kate, when Caden and, and children with apraxia want to speak, their brain tells their mouth what they want to say, but it doesn't tell their mouth quick enough, and so it's difficult for them to speak. And the treatment that he gets at American Heritage and others is just incredible, and to see how he has progressed to where he is today is wonderful. And so I have here a proclamation uh, that I've been wanting to do because I believe this is a proxy a month. 
and I'm going to read it. Whereas, May 14, 2016, marks the fourth annual Childhood Apraxia of Speech Day, and whereas awareness will be raised throughout Broward County about childhood apraxia of speech, a particularly difficult, persistent, and severe speech and communication disorder in youngsters, and whereas childhood apraxia of speech, CAS, causes children to have extreme difficulty learning to speak and is among the most severe of speech and communication problems in children, and whereas the act of learning to speak comes effortlessly to most children, those with apraxia endure an incredible and lengthy struggle, and whereas without appropriate intervention, children with apraxia are then placed at high risk for secondary impacts in literacy and other school-related skills. And whereas most children with apraxia of speech will learn to communicate with their very own voices only if they receive early intervention and appropriate frequent speech therapy. And whereas it is imperative for greater public awareness about childhood apraxia of speech in the Broward County area, and whereas we especially encourage funders such as insurance providers and schools to recognize the critical need to provide adequate speech therapy and other services so that the impact of this disorder can be minimized and so that affected children can grow into productive, contributing adult citizens, and whereas our highest respect goes to these children as well as their families for their effort, determination, and resilience in the face of, state face of such obstacles. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates Saturday, May 14, 2016, as a Proxia Awareness Day in Broward County, Florida, and encourages individuals to work within their communities to inc increase awareness and understanding of childhood apraxia of speech. And what I'd like to do is ask a couple people to speak. The first person is uh, uh, Andrew Lanowski. I always say Andrew. I always say your last name right. Ladanowski is uh, is here, and he and his son is here as well. And I wanted to give his son an opportunity to say a couple words um, to be able to, to us. So come on up. My name is Andrew Lanowski, and I can't see fast and smoothly our people. Andrew has uh, um, said a few words, and he also recorded on his phone mm -hmm. to say something to us. I love my new phone. Kids who are considered nonverbal can excel in college. Children with apraxia of speech have great difficulty planning and producing the precise, highly refined and specific series of movements of the tongue, lips, jaw, and palate that are necessary for intelligible speech. Thanks you, Mayor Marty. Well, thank you. And uh, Andrew, would you like to say a few words? I, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping I'll see you guys in Tallahassee because obviously uh, Jeremy and I went up last year. Uh, we want to see some bills that would make uh, going off to college um, to remove some of those obstacles that they currently has in order to attain a 24 credit um, uh, high school leaving certificate in order to go on to college. Thank you very much. And the last person, I just want to say a few words. We hear Scott all the time, so he's not allowed to speak, you know, but uh, Barbara, would you like to say a couple of things? Are you sure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I have a proclamation here that I actually wanted to give to Andrew's son, you know, for the, you know, which is wonderful. And if we could take one more picture, this would be really wonderful. So come on up, everybody. Let's go over this way. Two, three, one more. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye. <laughs>
All right, now, I'd like to call the public hearing uh, to order. Um, just a reminder, for those of you in the audience, please turn off and silence your cell phones. If you wish to speak on item on today's afternoon agenda, please come and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. When you are called upon, you have two minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed and address the commission in a polite manner. We do not allow applause, cheering, or booing during county commission meetings. I'm now going to take up the one item we have on today's agenda, which is a motion to adopt a resolution to vacate a portion of a right-of-way adjacent to a number of different tracks in Broward County. Um, is there a motion? So moved. Oh, there's no public speakers. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor of item number one, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show the item passes unanimously. The public hearing is now closed, and we're now going to have a presentation about the reemergence of opiate epidemic that's going to be given by uh, county staff members, including uh, Dr. Malik. Yes, thank you, commissioners. Um, this is a joint presentation uh, with uh, Kim Campbell, our human services director, and Dr. Malik. Good afternoon. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, appreciate the opportunity to come up and talk to you about the latest um, scourge that's hitting our county. Uh, you know, it's basically gone away. Uh, unfortunately, it's been replaced by uh, an older drug and a newer drug that are now being used in combination. Um, unlike Flocka, um, this is nationwide. You've probably seen stories about it on different types of news stations. Um, Heroin, uh, been around forever, invented in 1874 by the Bear Company, and it was called heroin because it was supposed to get people off of morphine, and actually heroin just breaks down into morphine in the body, so it made things even worse. 80% um, of it comes from Afghanistan, and almost the rest of it comes from Mexico. Uh, and, and then as far as fentanyl, you may have heard that drug, um, aparidine or Demerol that was used for a while, it came from that family. And if you've had any kind of uh, procedure in the last 15 years or so, you've probably had fentanyl given to you in a very, very small dose because it's 100 times stronger than heroin. Um, in, uh, like three times less. And because of that, because it is so strong, if they get it off the street and it's not mixed just right, just a little bit too much fentanyl will kill you. Um, where there's a larger margin of safety with heroin, we still get a lot of deaths with heroin because they overdose, but fentanyl is a, a very, very dangerous drug. Fentanyl comes in many forms. Yeah, if you remember about 20 years ago, there was a, something called China White that was on the streets, and that was Sioux fentanyl. That's another form of fentanyl. And they, they go up in strength. Um, all the way up to carfentanil, which is literally used to take down elephants. It's, they use tranquilized elephants, but it's like one cc of it will take down an elephant. So, uh, 
it was what was used by the Russians when the Chechens um, took over that theater about 15 years ago, and the Russians gassed it and then stormed that theater. They first shot uh, car fentanyl in there to knock everybody out, and it killed a bunch of people, but uh, it saved a lot of lives too. But that's where it comes from. So we now see it, uh, fentanyl coming out of Mexico. It's being cooked like methamphetamine. It's pretty easy to make. It's not a hard drug at all to, uh, um, to cook up and then it gets sent up here. And because it's small doses, it's easy to bring into the country. Uh, a lot easier than bringing pounds of heroin. You bring a couple of pounds of fentanyl, you cut it, and boom. You can sell it uh, um, on the streets and farther, um, more difficult to detect. Uh, and, and as far as the fentanyl, um, it's a big deal. I'm gonna show you some statistics of it's, what it's, it's doing even during the flaca, at the top of the flaca epidemic, fentanyl and heroin were killing more people here than um, the flaca was. Okay, so we want to talk to you about treated prevalence at BARC relative to heroin so that you can get a sense for the local numbers here in Broward County. So you'll see FY15 our total users that were triaged at BARC Central were 440. But year-to-date, FY16, so that's October to April, we've already triaged 803 heroin users. Wow. In terms of our detoxification services, last year we served 379, and again, year-to-date, we've already served 603. In terms of residential treatment services, last year we served 209, and year-to-date this year we've served 236. I wanted to give you an idea of what it looks like across the community in terms of the hardest-hit areas of Broward County. So you'll see Fort Lauderdale and Pompano Beach by far exceed the rest of the communities relative to um, folks coming to Bark for assistance to save their lives. But we also see a high number in Hollywood, Davie, Oakland Park, and Sunrise as well. I think um, one thing, and maybe Dr. Malik will point this out, but that we triage and detox so many that don't come into treatment, what that means is that they go back into, the, into their environments, they're more likely to relapse, and because they've been clean for a week or two weeks or three weeks, when they use, they're using the same amount that they did before they came in for service, and it's just too much, particularly those that um, are laced with the fentanyl and the users don't know that it's in there. So um, we're really facing a critical situation which will result really in folks having to um, pay a visit to Dr. Malik's office, which is really unfortunate. If you look at the chart here, this was made by Jim Hall over at Nova, and you can see the numbers as they've climbed exponentially in the last few years. Um, of those deaths, 26 of those were both fentanyl and uh, uh, heroin combined. Uh, he doesn't break it out on that that chart right there, but you do this just tells you the extent of the problem. For the first quarter this year, we've had 20 fentanyl or 20 heroin deaths, 28 fentanyl, and 20 combination deaths, uh, which is way ahead of um, last year. We've done 306 tests of those 20 of them were that combination, so it's a 
pretty good percentage of our work. When we try to break it down, this is a drug in the white community, um, non-Hispanic primarily. Uh, this isn't a drug that we've seen in the African-American community or uh, other communities. It's almost all male. And the average age is um, around 38 years. We had, uh, we've had people as old as 62. We have people left over from the 60s and 70s that use drugs. They've been using their whole life, and uh, now they get zapped with this uh, fentanyl in their heroin, and it's uh, taken them down after they've been using for most of their life. Okay, what are we looking for in this year? Extrapolating out from that, looking at 80 heroin deaths compared to 54 last year, 112 fentanyl deaths compared to 79, and 80 combined heroin and fentanyl, and we had 26 last year. That's the rate we're on going right now, and we don't see it slowing down. These are probably very, very conservative numbers. They're probably going to be a lot higher than this. Okay, so y'all know I'm a social worker by trade, and so we can't end the presentation without giving some kind of glimmer of hope. So see my little hope sign? <laughs> we do have next steps. What we plan to do is use the existing framework that's in place that was created um, to deal with the FLACA issue to reconvene the community um, response team. And you'll see the list of, of partners. It, it really spans the spectrum in terms of, of um, community leaders and, and participants to really come together to address a community issue. Um, so in addition to convene, reconvening that team, we will revamp and implement the comprehensive action plan that will be tailored to this specific drug. So, with FLACA, we were focused on the African-American community and the 33311 and 13-zip codes primarily with a little bit of touch in Pompano Beach. But this time, we're looking at a different demographic. And so some of the action steps and some of the people we reach out to to engage in terms of community-based indigenous leaders will have to be different so that we can reach the folks that we really want to reach. But we're looking at prioritizing treatment options in BARC in order to respond rapidly to the needs of this particular population as we try to get them clean and save their lives. Now, I, I want to take this opportunity to let you all know that Paul Falk, who's our BARC director, and Dave Scharf, who is the executive director of community programs for BSO, are the co-chairs for the community response team in partnership with Heather Davidson at United Way. They are all here in the chambers and are available to participate in whatever sort of questions or discussion you would like to have with us um, at this point. Great. Is there, and that was a, a great presentation. And thank you both for the great work that you do. And this is very concerning. It, does anybody in the county commission have any questions that they'd like to bring up or thoughts? Sure. Of course. We'll start with the uh, vice mayor Shreve, then commissioner Lamarca. So, um, it, we were told, um, back in 2014 that we had an increase in heroin coming through our, our, uh, ports. Um, and I think, I guess this is a direct result of, of that increase. What are we doing in terms of enforcement in our, in our port area? Are, are, we, are we looking at that as well? Because um, I know that when I was mayor, the, we, we were told um, that by the, um, I think it was the U.S. Department of State. So what are we doing to that effect? Because, I mean, if we can't stop it from coming in, we're not going to be able to, 
I, I, if I might, I, if there's someone here from law enforcement, yeah, uh, yeah, he can so. weigh in on that. Thank you and good afternoon. It's a great question. Um, we will continue our efforts and partnerships with our, our federal folks, uh, ICE, Customs, Border Patrol. Um, but the sheer volume of uh, cargo that's coming into uh, Port Everglades obviously is tremendous. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics, but uh, our ability, or the, the community's ability to, to interdict um, all these different containers is very difficult. What's good about uh, heroin is it is detectable in a number of different ways through, through canines and others. Flocka was not. Okay. Um, so uh, we'll continue those efforts with our federal partners. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. That was primarily my concern as well, but not just at the port. I mean, we're, what are the other avenues of, of traffic yeah, for this? This, this, is, this is something that in my 30 years I haven't seen, and it's similar to what happened with Flocka. Flocka mm -hmm. was being shipped to us uh, via UPS, FedEx, and UPS. FedEx uh, in small packages. And based on the, the, uh, the inexpensive nature of the drug, they were able to ship it to different mailbox, et cetera, and kind of hope that they didn't get caught because it was so inexpensive. And the same is true of the synthetic fentanyl that these folks were talking about. So that drug made in, in factories overseas um, can be produced at a much lower cost and is being shipped over the same way. So uh, we've got our folks you know, working interdiction on that, but it's so easy to get in, into the United States um, via normal methodologies. It's just very, very difficult. But the, uh, the heroin piece of the, of the combination is, is detectable which some of those other compounds yes. are not. Okay. Yes. I mean, it just, it seems that, you know, the, the, uh, the uh, Oxycontin, the, the pill mill issue was, was horrible, but we, we knew where they were. We could you know, literally get to where they were distributing. Unfortunately, in this case, it, it happens behind, you know, our plain view. But uh, we appreciate all that you guys are doing. And, you know, obviously the two-part thing, try to stop the supply and also take care of the people when, when they come in. There's, a, there's another piece of it that's uh, alarming as well, and that's uh, some of the uh, normal pharmaceuticals being sold as counterfeits uh, with higher levels of fentanyl because it's much cheaper to create. So we've, we actually have some data on uh, a number of counterfeit oxy, Xanax pills um, that are not what they say they are. Um, we're afraid that that's going to proliferate throughout the community as well. We've even documented... Uh, pill mil pill making machinery that's coming into our country and Canada uh, where they can produce pills that look very similar to normal pills that are that are uh, dispensed um, and the users don't know what they are or the secondary users don't know what they are they think they're getting oxycodone or oxycontin when in fact they're getting a, a pill that could be laced with a, as Dr. Malik said a very 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 dangerous level of fentanyl and that's why we have so many people dying as a result of it um, you know, uh, with that said, I see there's also uh, Don Maines is also in the audience as well. He works for, with the, the sheriff's office on this. Don, did you want to add anything? Yeah, thank you, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and congratulations. Uh, yes, talking about the synthetics. I mean, that's really another problem, and uh, what uh, Commissioner Lamarck is talking about. This is pretty much undetectable, and they're sending these. And the, the fentanyl is coming in from mostly all from Mexico. They're doing a lot of the fentanyl goes to Mexico besides what's made in Mexico in clandestine labs. But they mix it with the heroin in Mexico and then send it up 
via mules or other ways up into the United States. And right now, nobody is being unscathed with this. This is covering the whole country, and it's the whole state of Florida. But the big problem with the pills are it's synthetic Xanax, synthetic oxys, and then a super pill, which is synthetic Xanax with oxys, I mean with fentanyl, which is just a killer. And they seem to target people, like the uh, director was saying, if you haven't taken a drug in a week or two or three weeks and you've been in treatment or trying to be off a drug, you've lost some of that tolerance. And they seem to pinpoint people that are in treatment and treatment areas. So if you take close to the dose that you used to take, it's close to it, it's an automatic overdose. Now we're finding people dying on a regular basis right now. In fact, uh, the statistics that we showed a couple of minutes ago, we have reached 80 deaths already in Broward County. Uh, they're finding them behind dumpsters, a lot of them in uh, like a subway bathroom. Uh, then there's people in treatment. They go into their bedrooms, go into their, their bathrooms, and they overdose and they die. Uh, the only you know, hope that they have is to uh, have first responders or someone get there as quick as possible with Narcan uh, to pull them out of the overdose uh, to save their life and then you know, hopefully keep being able to have a, you know, touch them with getting some treatment information to them. Uh, again, as I've said before, you bring somebody back to life with an Narcan and, you know, without keeping them and keeping some sort of a hand on them, they're right out there to overdose again and to use it again. And it's, it's a time bomb if they're out there using these drugs because they're dose specific. And it's this, there's a, a series of W drugs out there for these, the fentanyl, and it's W1 to W32. Now we're found, Broward County was the first county in the United States to detect W18, which is to date the strongest fentanyl that's out there. And that hit Broward County. The other, and we found some W15. So this is fentanyl with just a small, small amount. This is like 10,000 times stronger than, uh, than heroin itself. They mix this in with the heroin, just a small dose that's almost undetectable, and it kills you. You're dead. So, you know, we need to start with education. You know, that's what we're working on. We're putting the whole community action team back together again. We've got to start education because this, this isn't going away. You know, like we said, heroin's been around since the 1800s. I mean, they used it in the Civil War. It's not going anywhere. And it's not like Flocka that we're able to get ahead of and, and you know, I mean, the remarkable job that everybody did and you know, all of our partners. You know, we pretty much got ahead of that in 10 months. And, you know, thanks to Sheriff Scott Israel to put together the, you know, the team and had us go out there and, and really attack this and get the education out there. Well, we need to really pull together now and get some education out there. And we've got to start because it's not so much looking at treatment as much right now. We've got to start looking at addiction and take away the stigma of addiction and start looking at it as a brain disease. We've got to look at it as being com completely preventable and completely treatable. And we've got to start education in elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools. Because, you know, once they get involved with drugs like this, a lot of times they're not going to have the opportunity to get into the treatment because they're going to be dead. So we've got to start getting some education out there. And that's, you know, going to be the next wave to try to combat addiction. You know, instead of losing people that are just addicts, you know, the war on drugs has never worked. We all know that. 
the prisons and the jails were overpopulated by people who don't belong there. You know, only 6% of prisoners are bad guys that are belong there that are going to hurt people. The rest of the, you know, most of the people are just got caught up in drug addiction. You know, they got life sentences back in the 80s for having marijuana. You know, this is ridiculous. That's the war on drugs. So we need to take a whole new concept of the way we look at this and save lives, get people out of jails, make them healthy members, productive members of society again. And you know, we need your help with that. Thank you. And um, I guess the last thing, I know it's, it's been sent, but would you all be able to email that presentation to us once again? Sure. Great. That'd be Send great. Thank you. Okay. And, and thank you all so much for having us today. And with that, Ms. Henry, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Or? No, I just thought it was important that yeah. we, uh, we let you know that this issue is um, beginning to spiral out of control. And we, and we certainly wanted you to know that the staff and all of our other partners are beginning to tackle it. Great. Thank, thank you, you for that. And, and, and I want to thank staff as well. Uh, with that said, we are adjourned. Thank you very much to all of you.